This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your life coach, your guide on the side. Ah, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's the Eve, Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, a very uncelebrated holiday. Should that be a thing? Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. How do we celebrate Thanksgiving Eve? I celebrate Thanksgiving Eve morning by getting pulled over by the highway patrol. <laughs> That's how I celebrated it. Today, did you uh, when, when you rolled down the window, did you go, top of the morning to you? Top of the morning to you. I'm just like, hi, officer. They're like, you know why I pulled you over? And I thought, because you're rude. You know you have a tail light out. And then I had to <gasps> Oh no. I do. <laughs> I'm so shocked. Anyway, he was really nice. That's the last thing you need when you're already late for your radio show. <sighs> you didn't pull the do you know who I am card? I started crying. I'm not I didn't talented. pull the I, I just started crying. I'm a doctor. And he's like, Sir, are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> I showed a little leg. Really? Yeah, I wow. did everything that they say you could do to get out of a ticket. When you're not a man. <laughs> right. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> Those don't work. I I was like batting well, my eyelashes. Mainly when you're a man, you, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, mm-hmm. no, sir. I didn't. No. Well, and yeah. then you're like, do I just act stupid? No. Because, I mean, well, like. When they ask you, do you know how fast you were going? Oh, you don't ever answer that. You, you, I, I got I, my I was, first ticket by being honest. <laughs> But if you say I'm not sure, then you're absent-minded behind the wheel. If yeah. you say you were going this much over, then then you're admitting fault. So I, it's kind of a yeah. You got to be careful because I got pulled over my very first ticket. My entire family in the car. I was 16 years old. The officer says, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" And I said, "Yeah, I was speeding." <laughs> and my sisters were all like, "Shut up, <laughs> Ixnay on the speeding." Eh? And um. I said, yeah, I was speeding. He goes, really? How fast were you going? I'm like, I was going like 70 mm. in a 60. I think it was a 60, a 55 back then. And um, he said, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I pulled you over because your, your headlight's out. <laughs> but I'll be right back. Let me get my ticket book. Be right back. It was so bad. So I've learned you just lie. You just lie through your teeth. No, you don't. You just don't Today, admit Today I just anything. played dumb. Did you know your taillight was out? I kind of did. That's what the last cop said. <laughs> you guys are all over it. But um, so, yeah, yeah, you know, I was going to go get that looked at today because we're traveling today. Might need a brake light. So, and then I'm like, do you think Jiffy Lube could change my tail light? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they could. It's probably just the bulb, right? Yeah. You could it do is. it. Right. It's very easy. Just pop some tabs, pop the bulb in. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the last thing I need to do is ruin my car. No, um, I could do it. I've done it. But it's just time. Then you get done, you can run in the house and like brag to your wife how handy you are? Yeah, no. That wouldn't matter. No? No. She knows? Yeah, she oh. knows. My wife lets me kind of have that moment. Does she? Yeah, for about You're 10 so minutes. She's so strong. Well, she doesn't really get involved. She just lets me kind of run on mm-hmm. at the mouth, if you will. Yeah. Well, that's very nice of her. And I have that, oh, look what I did. So manly. And then she's like. I put a light in my car. Then, then she crushes me by pointing out something that yeah. I can't possibly fix yeah no oh right i'll go sit down it's a it's a it's hard to be a man today 
You know because I mean? I mean, a lot of people, you I mean, you used to have a lot of more more cachet, yeah, because you know, you could fix everything. Well, like you can't really fix your car; you have to go plug it into a computer somewhere right. to figure out the problem. I've had a light on in my car, I think, ten years. <laughs> Is it the seatbelt light? No, it's you the it's my tire light. In. Oh, your tires? That's good. But it's just a sensor, right? And I'm like, well, can you change the sensor? Yeah, and then they did, they don't. No. Or they want to charge you two hundred and fifty bucks for yeah, that's that a sensor. weird little thing talking about Thanksgiving preparation. We needed a headlight changed in our suburban and the guy said, Yeah, we're gonna have to take off your whole front bumper. Yeah. And I'm like, to change a headlight? Yeah. It's pretty much an overhaul. <laughs> so if you just take it into the just take it into the dealer, it'll cost a couple grand. It's ridiculous. You're like for a headlight? But we found a guy that can do it. So what you just tape a Flashlight to the front of your car. Just tape the flashlight on there, and it works great. I don't know what the problem is. Well, one of the the great traditions of Thanksgiving, yes, is the next day. The ticket, yeah. Black Friday. Oh, I know. It's a big shopping day. Yeah, I hate shopping. Do you like shopping? No, I detest. Ben, ben shopping. loves shopping. I can't stand shopping. I will not do Black Friday. My wife will jump out with her sister and see. Every day is a black shopping day for me. But I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. Without permission, okay. Without any oversight from management or anyone yeah. here at BYU Radio, what are you Radio, gonna do? What are you gonna do? Black Friday offer from the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, cool! What all podcasts free for the weekend? That is great. Yeah. Do we normally charge? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're selling hotcakes. They're all free. They're so all free. And you the get entire library on iTunes, on TuneIn, and what's the new one? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask. We just got that email. Bean is it bean? Is it bean? Bean pod? Is that what it bean is? Bean pod. Mr. Bean pod. So yeah, they're uh, all free. The entire library. Go to byuradio.org and just you can just search even by topics. Really, yeah. You can just hey, I want to learn about love, <laughs> which is like every show. It is. It's really not in your head. It is today. By the <laughs> way, is our Thanksgiving show. Yes. And uh, put together. This worked out well. This Thanksgiving show brought to you by Terry South. Yes. I mean, a lot of people on Thanksgiving shows, they would like talk about Thanksgiving. Right. Maybe the history. The history of Thanksgiving. How, uh, how maybe we don't celebrate the what actually yeah, happened. Pilgrims, we celebrate Indians, something else. the meal, something. No, 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 no. We are actually going to be speaking with an expert on, on Mars, about Mars. There's water there, apparently. I mean, he's a, he's a great guest, and yeah. we've had him on before. But we're going to be talking about water on Mars. Well, Thanksgiving is about pilgrimage, right? Right. And, and so we're trying to pilgrim our way to Mars. You know what? That is a great segue. We're going to pilgrim to Mars. And uh, second hour, for those that are keeping score, we're going to be talking about the Peanuts uh, movie. Peanuts movie. We've got the one of the creators, one of the, what do they call them? One of the animators. Animators of the Peanuts movie. Third hour, we're going to be talking about movies. And that's a big thing on I mean, Thanksgiving. You notice it really is. It's kind of a male show. This is the male version version of, of Thanksgiving show. Yeah. This just gives you stuff to talk about when you have sit to go with sit your with your family. <laughs> you sit down with your family and you're like, oh, what am I going to say to you? I know. This is Hey, awkward. did you know there's water on Mars? You know, And you know what that means? And the whole room goes, wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Uh, ben, by the way, many people don't know this. Ben is um, an ice cream connoisseur what do we call you ben what's your title cobbler no, i call myself guy. an Ooh. ice cream chef because it sounds good Ooh, mm-hmm. chef. yeah chef he makes ice cream mm. like full-on real ice cream today he brought in 
peppermint lemon. Is that what you're calling it? Yes. It's really good. You're just grabbing things out of the cupboard and mm-hmm. putting them together? Yeah. Huh. Yesterday he Cayenne tried- Cayenne licorice. Oh, have you <laughs> tried his salt? His He has salt- um, Salt ice cream. Salt mustard ice cream? It's just salt. Oh. I, I'm Since yesterday, I've been trying to do a ketchup leather ice cream. Ah, oh, that's so good. That we would be good. Ketchup yeah, leather. Candy ketchup leather. That'd be cool. Mm. I still don't understand the difference between ketchup leather and that stuff on top of the bottle. It's when, exactly when the it's same. It's all dried, but that's but, but that's just like in a ring. But yeah. And ketchup you, leather is like a nice strip. Right. It's like a, it's like a puck. Fruit leather. A ketchup patty, if you will. <laughs> it's a patty of ketchup. But yeah, if you did that in ice cream form, uh, a bond uh, or Don just called in. Okay, he just texted my watch. Okay, it's called Podbean. Podbean. Bean it's not pod, Bean Pod. pod. It's okay. Podbean. There we go. All we had to do is check our email. We're going to hear about that. So apparently, Don's listening. Oh, yeah, great. Sit up straight. <laughs> <sighs> so Podbean. Podbean. Tune in. Tune in. iTunes or BYUradio.org. Right. Black Friday sale. All podcasts All free podcasts for the weekend. All podcasts for free. And I'm going to even, let me, let me throw something else out there. I'm going to say any podcast from BYU Radio. Wow. Not just the Matt Townsend That's show. really sticking your neck out. We have a lot of shows that are incredible that you probably don't even get to hear sometimes because of your commute. But now over the holidays, any podcast, five for free. And then the next five, I'm going to throw in also free. Up to your first thousand. <laughs> Very festive. <laughs> and good. if you get the right set of head, like earphones, your family won't even know you're not listening to them. That's exactly right. That get some earbuds. Yeah. You could probably listen through the Thanksgiving dinner. You could. Just plug in and then just zone <laughs> out as you eat turkey. Oh, it's so great. Isn't life great? Tis the season, folks. Hey, uh, let's get to the headlines. Anything going on around the world? Quite a bit going on. In Chicago, police officer Jason Van Dyke is being held without bail this morning after a dash cam video from October 20th, 2014 shows Van Dyke shooting a 17-year-old Laquan McDonald 16 times. The city braced for protests after the release of the video, but demonstrations overnight were peaceful. Cook County State Attorney Anita Alvarez on the shooting. Clearly, this officer went overboard. You know, and he abused his authority, um, and I don't believe the force was necessary. The video was held back as the investigation proceeded, but critics say it shouldn't have taken 13 months for this video to to come to light. And if you've seen the video, it's it's pretty bad. Tragic. During a Tuesday press conference with French President Francois Hollande, President Obama vowed to do even more to fight ISIS. This was not only a strike against one of the world's greatest cities, it was an attack against the world itself, Obama said, of the November 13th terrorist attacks on Paris. As Americans, we stand by our friend in good times and in bad. Obama urged the EU to adopt a version of a no-fly list and called on Americans to fulfill their humanitarian duty to help desperate refugees, despite calls from the GOP to bar them from the U.S. for fear that terrorists could slip into the country with the flow of migrants. The U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention announced Tuesday that at least 19 people in California, Colorado, Missouri, Montana, Utah, Virginia, and Washington may be may have been affected by E. coli after consuming rotisserie chicken salad sold at Costco. Five people have been hospitalized. Two have been have developed a type of kidney failure. Holy cow! Yeah, which can lead to organ damage. By the way, I we ate that. 
You ate that? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? I don't know. You'll see. I feel kind of weird. No, de- no deaths have been reported so far. The CDC says 14 of 16 people purchased or ate rotisserie chicken salad from uh, from Costco locations. Mm-hmm. In the week before they became ill, Costco says they've taken the salad off the shelves. Uh, they stopped selling on November 20th, the same mm. day the company was notified by health officials of the E. coli cases. Nah. So, investigation's ongoing, but be uh. careful. Yeah, stick, I really did. We ate that. Stick with turkey. Seriously. I don't feel good. Uh, St. Louis Rams wide receiver Stedman Bailey is in stable but critical condition after he was reportedly shot in the head Tuesday night in Miami. What? Bailey was reportedly shot while sitting in a car with family members, according to the NFL Network. Uh, the driver was also allegedly shot, and his injuries were deemed life-threatening. The team, the uh, St. Louis Rams, released a statement just after midnight. We have spoken with Stedman. And he is in a hospital in critical but stable condition. We are gathering facts about the situation and will provide updates as we learn more. Bailey is in the middle of a four-game suspension for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Oh, man. So he's not even playing at the moment. And the Golden State Warriors set a new NBA record Tuesday night, becoming the first team ever to begin a season 16-0, and beating the Los Angeles Lakers 111-77. They I, killed them. I, I heard it... Uh, what, it, what someone described it as uh, a bunch of nobodies and a dusty Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe had play. a hard game. <laughs> I mean, air balls, a brick that stuck in the basket. The previous record, 15-0, held by the uh, 1948-49 Washington Capitals and the 93-94 Houston Rockets. Honestly, they are good. These guys are good. They're fun to watch. And apparently they're changing, they're changing the NBA a bit because everyone's going small. Yeah. It's how, the, it's how the trend goes. They're going, yeah. When the Houston Rockets back in 93-94 were there, they, yeah. everyone went big because yeah. that's how they were, uh, they were found to be successful. And then now, the, now, now it's all shifted small. back to a smaller, more guard-oriented oh, game. Oh, it's exciting. Then they play Phoenix uh, in, like on Friday. So it, that, could, it, that could be 17. It was also interesting because it, it seemed like a home game kind of for the Warriors. There were a lot of fans there. In fact, the fans from the Lakers stayed – and cheered on the Warriors for their incredible, and that was really cool sportsmanship. Right, man. Well, but then again, what are they cheering for? Yeah, what else you got? <laughs> You're two and twelve. I think the Lakers are two and twelve. Sad day, but cool for the Warriors. Man, keep that going. That's cool to see a record broken. My and they're my son's favorite team around. So eventually, they're coming to the Jazz, which is going to get crazy. Because then, who do you root for? Right. Hey, folks, uh, we're going to be talking Mars, water on Mars. Dr. Ben Bromley will be joining us in just a few moments. He is a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of Utah. We've had him on the show before. It's just fun to have smart guys that have a clue. And we're going to have him walk us through, what's the big deal? Water on Mars? Yeah. Uh, We're we're going to learn today and give you something that you can talk about around the table on Thanksgiving. And just, you know, one-up everybody. Well, eventually, too, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll all be going to Mars. Stick with us, folks. Dr. Ben Bromley will be joining us talking Mars right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, just so you don't look stupid around the uh, dinner table tomorrow at Thanksgiving, we wanted to bring in the smartest guy we know, Dr. Ben Bromley, 
from the University of Utah, professor of physics and astronomy there at the University of Utah. He works in theoretical and computational astrophysics in areas of planetary and galactic dynamics, as well as some relativistic astrophysics. <laughs> so now you can go and uh, just talk to your friends and say, so I was talking to my, I was listening to my friend, Dr. Ben Bromley, who's an astrophysicist, and we were talking about Mars. And uh, we asked him to be on the show today to talk about water on Mars. We now know that uh, they've had the discovery of water on Mars, and we want the smartest guy in the world to help us understand what's the big deal. So now what? Dr. Ben Bromley, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me today. Great having you. And uh, again, last time you were on, you talked to us about Pluto, and you made that come to life for us. Talk to us about Mars. Um, we, we now, I guess, have confirmed that there is water on Mars. That's right. And the, uh, our recent uh, revelation from NASA was based on the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, a satellite that's been monitoring what's been going on on the surface of the planet for uh, a few years uh, now, since uh, 2005, I believe. And as uh, the data came in, uh, NASA scientists uh, understood that there's evidence for water. This is not new, hmm. but the water is liquid. That's the new part. Okay, not versus ice. That's right. Okay, so so the water is liquid. Would just I guess that's just telling us temperature. It is part of its temperature. You know, this is a this is a not a toasty planet. This yeah, is cold, and so uh, it's telling us a bit about temperature because it uh, temperatures can rise enough for this very, very briny water to, um, to flow. Hmm. And it does so in a seasonal way, which is kind of cool. So uh, that was the evidence that the NASA scientists were looking for. Interesting. Now, we've been, we, I guess we've known water or evidence of water since like 1971, right? Since like Mariner 9? Yeah, you know, we've, we've um, been aware that, that um, Mars at least um, has water in icy and vapor form. So its atmosphere is 100% humidity. Hmm. Um, so we've known around, known it for a long time. Wow, a 100% humidity. Interesting. Um, so then, uh, so that we've had the Mariner 9, the Viking 1, the Mars Odyssey, the Mars Global Surveyor, the Phoenix Lander, and then the last one, Reconnaissance. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, MRO is what I've what I've been what I've been hearing. Now, um, so so what does this all mean? You know, I, I th- this is where we always hear. Okay, so if there's water, um, then then this is the this could be the possible creation of other life forms. Yeah, well, the, one of the big goals of exploring space is just to answer the question. Uh, you know, do we have company out there? Yeah. So the neat thing about uh, the discovery that there's liquid water is it opens the possibility that um, you know there might be habitable life on Mars. I mean, who knows? It's really not friendly for life as we know it on Earth, but because of the, it, you know, it's a very cold planet, the water that flows flows beneath the surface, and it's very, very salty. I mean, think Great Salt Lake. Really? A lot worse. It's like briny. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, life can uh, do really interesting things and live in really extreme places, Um for example, the brine shrimp in the Great Salt Lake right. is uh, 10 times saltier than the ocean. Uh, there are even these ice worms that live deep in the ocean and in glaciers, you know, in very, very cold 
regions and environments. So life can kind of mold itself to accommodate its environment. So that's that's part of the excitement. Is it? Um, and it's it's water. It's H two O. It's H two O. Just real. It's okay. just <laughs> real salty, real briny. Yes. Yes. Interesting. For chlorate salt, so a lot of antifreeze on board. A lot of antifreeze up there if we need it. Um, it. What does it mean about future missions? I mean, is that anything that like colonizing Mars? Does the fact that water's there change anything? No, that's a that's a great point. You know, if we do go and set up a camp on Mars, we're going to need need a supply of water, and and this is very exciting that there really is a water liquid water available. Hmm. Um, we're going to have to, you know desalinated a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to There's a lot you're going to have to do to Mars to make yeah. it a really great stay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did um I think last time you were on I asked you if you would do like if you would ever want to take the trip to Mars. And I think you said you would. Oh yeah, I think it'd be great and and this makes it even more fun. Yeah. Um you know, I I need I don't need I only need to take one water bottle. <laughs> exactly. You know what's funny is I've been um where have I been to the Dead Sea and floated in the Dead Sea and like that's a really big deal because it's like the Great Salt Lake but now I'm thinking if you get to Mars it's going to be a lot like that experience walking oh, through a desert and then getting to the Dead Sea. Yeah, a lot colder. A lot colder. Is it colder? <laughs> Darn it, man. You're not making this sound any better. So when we think about Mars and water, uh, it's a huge it's a huge discovery. I mean, it happened back in 2012, I guess. But we had to it took three years to confirm it. Is that the way this works? Yeah. So I think the the discovery was a just a, a bunch of streaks on hillsides of craters in People, through um, analysis of the, the light reflecting off those streaks, realized that they were sort of a form of, of water. They were, they were perchlorate salts, hydrates, um, things with material with water sort of in it, um, this, this uh, briny slurry. Hmm. What they saw was that these streaks uh, sort of receded and disappeared when it got cold and reappeared um, and kind of grew um, as as the Martian surface warmed up in its its summer, and the Martian year is over almost seven hundred days so oh wow almost um, uh, twice our year, so it took some time to kind of confirm that this was a um, a yearly thing for mars and that's that was important to note to to the identification that this is you know flowing water under the surface, and it does what we expect so then do we i guess what's the next goal what's the next step? we send up another you know, another surveyor that, that then can, you know, go park at the beach and watch what comes out of the water? What do we do next? Yeah, that would be, you know, that would be my uh, my take on it, too. You just try and get at uh, that material and just see what, you know, find mm. more about it, see what it's really like, see I mean, what's there. We've been sampling the soil, we've been sampling the ground there, but how powerful to get in and actually sample the water. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, really find out what's beneath the surface would be wonderful. Ben, is this what you guys just talk about, like, in the faculty lunchroom? <laughs> oh, yes. It's, it's uh, this stuff and other other neat things about Mars as well. Um, like, teach us I what? Do, I do more dynamics, of, which means I'm looking at it. I, I know less about what happens on the surface of planets. I'm focused more on uh, how planets are made mm. and 
how material gets assembled to become Mars is, is more or less my thing. So, you know, it, along that vein, I'm also interested when things break apart, too. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things that, that we, can, we can kick around in ideas, um, one of the moons of Mars, um, uh, Phobos, is, you know, it's a small thing, you know, 15 miles or so in, in diameter, and it's slowly inspiring um, toward the surface of Mars. That thing's going to break apart in, you know, tens of millions of years. It's going to become a ring like Saturn. Is it really? Isn't that cool? Yeah. And so it'll all, why will it all stay in the ring around it? Why, I guess it's, it's too weak to be, to, to be thrown out and too, what? Why won't, why won't it fall to the planet or why won't it just fly away? You're right on the money there. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's a good question. How long will this ring linger? Mm-hmm. Um, People are suggesting that it's it will have some longevity, uh, but it, it won't be there for all time. The same forces that drag the the moon itself inward um, are going to, to drag the smaller material in as well. Hey, I, here's a crazy question, um, and this is going to sound totally stupid because other people out there, I'm sure, know the answer. Why are all of the planets round? Ah, or is, are they? Or is that just how we draw them? That is. You know, a profound question, okay, and it's good. one that was taken up by the um, the uh, International Astronomical Union in deciding what actually a planet was. Hmm. The moon that I mentioned uh, yeah. around Mars, it's kind of lumpy. It's sort of potato-like. Is it like a sweet potato <laughs> with marshmallows on top? And, you know, and, and those gnarly little, little, do you call them buds or eyes? Yeah, yeah. So. Does it, it, it looks like that, huh? Yeah, it's it, it's a little bit better than some, but asteroids, for example, will have um, that kind of appearance. And the moons of the pluto Charon system that we talked about last time also are kind of lumpy and hmm. potato-like. Um, the roundness of a planet comes from the strength of its own gravity. It can its roundness uh, things that that deform it would cause it to be lumpy. Hmm. Um, sort of the structural properties of the body um, are overcome by gravity and squished down into, okay. into that, that spherical shape. If a body can't squish itself down, the International Astronomical Union has decided that body is no longer a candidate for planethood. Oh, interesting. Is that why Pluto lost its grace, had its no, fall? Pluto did its job with gravity, you know. Okay. It, 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 was, it was fine. The reason it lost out was because of Neptune. Another definition of a, of planethood is that a planet must carve out its own kind of orbital turf hmm. around the sun. And Neptune owns the outer solar system. Uh, and so these small bodies are really, you know, in some sense uh, governed by Neptune. Oh, interesting. Are they, are, they, are they in its pole? Are they in its play? Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually that's right. And um, for every three orbits of Neptune – Pluto orbits exactly twice. Oh, interesting. So it's it's kind of loosely bound, kind of like a a very, you know, wandered off moon. It's a Klingon. <laughs> no, maybe that maybe we yeah. shouldn't throw in other terms like that. That might <laughs> that might muddy the water. Uh, but that's I see and I had no idea. So Mars though has how many moons? Uh, Mars has two moons. And um, one of them uh is is going to probably fall apart within 10 million years, break apart, and then become basically a ring. Yes. So it'll it'll get ripped apart by the tides, uh, tidal forces from Mars. Hmm. If you get 
too close, the tidal forces get um, strong and and the thing just gets pulled apart. You know, our oceans get pulled too um, toward the moon and, and yeah. sort of on the opposite side, um, they feel a, a, a flow away from the moon. Yeah. And uh, if the tidal forces get really strong, the oceans would you know, in principle, just fly off the surface of the earth. And that's what will happen to um, Phobos. All, it will just it fly, burst apart at some level from the tidal forces of the planet. Ben, does it bother you that this is going to happen in, you know, 10 million years? You know, for um, astrophysicists, 10 million years is a blink of an eye. And yes, it does bother me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be around. Right. Like, the, is there anything like what what excite what like what's going to happen in your lifetime that you're anticipating? Oh, um, astronomically speaking. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. I'm I'm actually gonna gonna stick with um, events uh, associated with what we as, as space explorers do. So I'm looking forward, uh, you know couple years at a time to uh, New Horizons exploring another dwarf planet, for hmm. example. There'll be more missions to Mars, which would be extremely exciting, and hopefully reveal uh, more information about habitability on Mars. Yeah. Um, and maybe uh, visitation would be great. Uh, in your lifetime, for sure, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we ought to. How can we yeah. not do that? That's right. That's right. It's our job. We're space explorers. That's right. And there's a lot of people we could send there. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, some would be like you that would that would want to go and be excited. The rest, you know, they can just work on the on the facility. <laughs> they can just you know move rocks. Um, let's do this. Uh, let's come back to you, Ben. I'd love to come back and have your take on the movie Martian, and just know what you thought about that. We're talking with Doctor oh. Ben Ben Bromley from the University of Utah. He again is an astrophysicist and. Um, uh, an expert in theoretical and computational astrophysics, planetary and galactic dynamics. Are you kidding me? Cranium! And he's walking us through just some cool learnings about space and about Mars. We're trying to up your aptitude so that uh, when you sit down at the Thanksgiving table, you have something to talk about. We'll take a break, folks. Be back more with uh, Dr. Ben Bromley. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Beatles for you across the universe. Hey, on the phone with us is Dr. Ben Bromley from the University of Utah. He is the uh, resident uh, smart guy on the show. <laughs> he is a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of Utah. We called him today to talk to him about water on Mars and what that means. Dr. Bromley, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hi, thanks. Hey, I, I, did I just find out the truth that you've never seen the movie Martian? Oh, man. Ben. You got me. It's been on the to-do list. Come. I'm a Matt Damon fan. Yeah. <laughs> you got to see it because I – so there are storms because in the movie Martian, you know, the, the space station or whatever they're calling it up there, um, on Mars, there's a big storm that ruins a bunch of stuff. And so on Mars, there are storms. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, there are are big dust storms that can envelop the whole planet or, you know, a good fraction of the planet. Yeah, not fun stuff. Is it, I mean, does it rain? No. no does it the, snow? That No, it, it doesn't. 
yeah, I'm, I should be really careful there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not certain, but I, I believe most of the, the water in the atmosphere is going to remain in vapor form. Okay. Um, and the, there is, you know, uh, the, the polar caps. Um, yeah. But the storm likely in the movie, I, I don't know. Uh, can you describe it? It's just it's, it's like a big dust storm and it they just kind of they, they run they move through like in cycles, just like just like our weather patterns. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. The the dust is a re, is a real deal. Sixty mile an hour winds, I'm um, just sweeping stuff along. Yeah, that is. I think that that isn't that true because the whole thing's just covered in dust, so you can wipe off the dust and actually see a different kind of soil under it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, so Mars is really really active. It's in, in people take advantage of of the similarity between Mars and say you know our Utah desert. Yeah, there's. Uh, one of my um, uh, colleagues at the University of Utah, uh, Dr. Marjorie Chan, uh, studies what they call terrestrial analogs, where they compare what goes on on the surface of Mars and what goes on the surface here. I've seen little dust devils here, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, you know magnified by a lot on the surface of the planet. You know what happens, Ben? Be, um, I, I can't imagine being a scientist like of your caliber, and then you have to deal with regular folk like me who I'm right now looking through pictures of Mars, and they have apparently found squirrels there. They have found men, statues of men. They have found um, uh, hoverboards. Um, and, and it's just a bunch of yokels that are trying to make sense of what they're seeing on a planet. But you guys spend apparently three years just to confirm the water. Um, so is that what is that what's going on? We got there. We sent rovers. We took pictures. We took samples. We've aggregated data, and then you all spend years just trying to make sense of it all. That's kind of it. You know, you're you're just like you said. You're building up a picture of what's going on on this remote planet. I mean, take us back a couple hundred years from now. You know, this this object was just a dot in the night sky, mm-hmm. and now we've gone there. It's got its secrets locked up in its geology and, you know, its, its atmosphere. And uh, we're just collecting stuff and putting it together. The, the planet has not been easy in terms of revealing its, its watery history. It's got a lot of water. It's, there's evidence for past oceans, you know, billions of years ago. Yeah. But this stuff, you know, it's all, we have, it's all circumstantial. It's all, you know, um, cosmic CSI. Hmm, that's cool. That's a great way of thinking of it. Talk about our our Earth. Um, how's how's the Earth doing? And are are there any real looming threats to the Earth out there dynamically that could impact us? Oh, that's a fun question. And yeah, it's, you got the keyword impact. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we we are getting really good at mapping our solar system where we know what's out there we know how things work i mean new horizons was just beautiful in that way i mean they nasa sent sent a mission and understood all the forces of gravity uh and the precise locations of the the planets in the solar system well enough to you know nail that flyby to you know very very tight precision and so as we map out the solar system, we're going to be able to, to see how other bodies that might threaten the Earth um, are headed towards us hmm. and what we can do to deflect them if necessary. I mean, I guess that's it. Proactively move them, alter them. 
Yeah, that's right. So if we do see something uh, coming toward us, if if we're able to understand uh, it, that it is a threat, you know, we're going to have to figure out what to do. You know, hmm. we're, we're going to, you know, hopefully it's not too big that we can't deflect its orbit, but it's neat. Orbital dynamics is, is very fun, and little tiny you know, kicks can cause, um, you know, down the road big changes in how things orbit. So we're going to use that to advantage. And, and talk to me about, um, because when I, when I imagine the dynamics you're talking about and the force and the impact and just the energy behind, you know, planetary dynamics. I I have a weird thought about can humans really mess up? And I guess I'm answering it myself. Can humans really mess up a planet? When I think about the structure of, you know, a, 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 you know, of the creation of a moon or and and the orbital pole. And anyway. When you think about it as a as an astrophysicist, what impact really do you do humans have on an Earth that's got so many other forces that have been at play or could be at play? Um, that's a really good question. For so the things that I was talking about are very 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 small compared yeah. to the Earth. You know, things that are um, asteroids uh, or, yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Uh, oh, a mile in diameter would be a large such object. Um, even you know, relatively small things can do make a mess here. Uh, should should they uh, collide? When you're talking about a planet uh, like the Earth, there's you know that's way out of our reach. You know, yeah. Our our effect on our planet is going to be uh, long term. Uh, like you know, we're we're living on this planet. We're we're making changes to its surface, its atmosphere. Mm. That's the thing that that um, we need to watch in yeah. terms of planethood. Um, the dynamics is a, is is not part of the issue there. Right, it's our impact as as its inhabitants. Well, I guess too, that's more the atmosphere. I mean, as humans, we can probably impact our atmosphere greatly, but maybe not the you know the earthquakes of the Earth. That is exactly right. Yeah, that, that's a, those are energies beyond yeah um, beyond our we, control. As we've seen, you know, in in our exploration for fossil fuels, uh, yeah, we can we can affect a, a little bit of what happens? Yeah, like fracking and yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess exactly. if you're if you're adjusting the plates, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, what does uh, what does as we kind of wrap it up with you today, Ben? What does what are you grateful for? I mean, what does an astrophysicist celebrate and grateful for at Thanksgiving? Curveball. In addition to everything. In addition to life, and um, I really, really am thankful that I live in a time where we are exploring space. Hmm. I'm grateful that that we, as a, as a, a society, uh, that we humans are reaching out there, trying to learn about our universe, and uh, basically doing all these cool things like New Horizons and, yeah. and the Mars exploration. That's cool. I mean, it really, again, you're on the cutting edge of it. And I, I like having you on just because I love your excitement about it. And someday you're going to get up to the, you're going to get up to Mars. I know you are. And you're going to send me back some brine shrimp. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> from the briniest brine pool in the world. Well, cool stuff. Dr. Ben Bromley, thank you. And have a, have a happy holiday. Happy Thanksgiving to you. You bet. Take care. Thanks cool stuff. Honestly, 
I mean, that guy's he has forgotten more than I will ever learn. Just cool. Really, you ought to be grateful, right? You ought to be grateful for the mere fact that you happen to be on this great planet, uh, pristine, beautiful, that somehow, right, is arrayed the perfect balance. And um, so far, not any huge threat coming from outside to impact us for probably, you know, millennia. Interesting stuff. Stick with us, folks. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Isn't it amazing that we are all alive? (laughs) We were just uh, looking through a bunch of pictures from Mars where, you know, they found a squirrel. I mean, NASA missed it. Let's get real. But NASA's trying to cover it up. But some just onlooker. Some armchair quarterback uh, looking through the NASA photos found a little squirrel between two rocks. I mean, it could have also just been a rock that the guy thought was a squirrel. Or, you know, maybe NASA's trying to keep some secrets. You decide. I think it seems obvious. Um, but yet we sit here and we 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 don't have a clue. I mean, we... Talk about being grateful. You are on the most beautiful planet around that we know of. Your water, pristine, not briny. Well, yeah, but you haven't tasted Tooele water. <laughs> no, it's pretty good water. You have pretty strong, established, civilized world. Safer than it's ever been. Less murder. Fewer people dying in war. It doesn't seem like it with all the war on terror. There's a lot to be grateful for, right? It's safer than it's ever been. And you happen to have landed here? And you landed where you landed? You landed in the United States? You could have landed in any other country, but you landed where you landed. And your complaint is what? Well... Parking, so difficult. So one of the things maybe we ought to be doing is let's just be grateful for the fact that uh, you somehow have, uh, you know, made it through most of the biggest challenges of your life from spermatozoa to human. You've dodged a lot of really big bullets. And now look at you. Yeah, but have you ever poured a bowl of cereal and then realized you didn't have milk? Every day. Is that a big problem for you, Ben? Well, how can you be thankful for things when you have those kinds of problems? Well, let me just cut your hands off and I'll tell you. (laughs) All of a sudden, milk's like not a big deal. Isn't it interesting? We all have our big complaints and yet you sit here and just float on the most incredible planet in the galaxy. And you're still frustrated by traffic. 
and we're still frustrated that we got pulled over because we have a tail light out. In the end, folks, uh, Thanksgiving, it's a day to be grateful. And one of the things that we probably ought to be grateful for is the simple fact that uh, you've been blessed enough to land on the planet. In a pretty civil society, even if you have a really messed up family, you know what? You have the ability to learn, to change, to grow. You're in a day and age where you can figure out more about what's going on with your body. You have the ability to live longer if you want to. Uh, You have the ability to get help in a way that we've never had on earth before. So you're on the one earth. You're on the powerful – you're in a powerful place. Uh, Most of our listeners are going to be from the Western, you know, world, the Western countries, and you're blessed. Uh, You probably have democracy. So even though you could just keep perpetuating how painful your life is – you could also just look up to heaven and, and maybe thank heaven for having it pretty darn good, right? Anyway, that's one of the reasons we do the show, to give you the ideas, the tools to see the good in the world. And uh, one of the good wor- good things in this world is the fact that you're on a really good world. We'll take a break, my friends. That's hour number one. We'll uh, be back with more ideas, more tools to help you find the good in the world. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Your coach, your guide on the side, and today... The guy who will be fixing my tail light because I done got pulled over for it. Hey, guys, if you're out there driving to Grandma's house today, the cops are out. Be careful. They're stepping up their efforts. They're they're doubling down. They're going to uh, click it or ticket. Click it or ticket. <laughs> So the guy came up to my door because in Utah they're having a big campaign called Click It or Ticket. Now, did he knock on the window? Or he knocked he... on my okay. window. I was looking for him at my my driver's side, but he was on the other side. And uh, luckily I had him straddling a barrier. <laughs> you parked really close? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to protect him. And uh, he, But he was he was very nice guy, very nice guy. But, um, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, have I clicked it? Because I don't want to ticket. Right. Don't you just get in the car and buckle up? You'd think so. You would. So, so no. No. I like I like I used to all the time, but now life's kind of not worth living. So I just don't even worry about it. Usually I put it on right when I'm rounding so I go through my neighborhood and I'm getting everything else ready. Getting my cell phone charged, getting everything ready, then I click it. Hmm. But I was like the minute I saw the lights, I'm thinking, "Oh, jeez." And you're like, did I buckle? Did I buckle? And then I was like, yeah, okay, I'm good. It's uh, So they're out, folks. But they're out to protect you. Don't be afraid. Oh, I mean, unless – I mean, Chicago, that tragic story. Holy cow. That is the yeah. video that came out with that another African-American I had heard about the shooting – Was it, last, it was last October. So yeah. 2014, October. 
And you're like, okay, you know, another police shooting involved shooting. Okay, this is going to be it. And then it just sort of went quiet because they didn't release the video. Right. Now you know why. Yeah, the video is pretty bad. They didn't want to release the video. They know what would happen, and they were afraid of what would happen. But then a, uh, I think it was a reporter sued, and the judge made him release the video. And the judge was mad, like, yeah, get this out there. Yeah. And you watch the video, and it is it is bad. There is really, I mean, like sixteen shots fired. Sixteen shots fired. The police officer gets out of the vehicle. He's out of his car like six seconds. He emptied his gun and was reloading until one of his fellow officers is like, "Stand down, dude. Yeah, back off." You know, the guy's down. It's tragic and yeah, horrible. And and honestly, there's that needs to be dealt with, right? That whole. It just there's somebody somewhere. We've got to start dealing with what's going on between the police and these inner city youth. There's a horrible disconnect somewhere, and I hope we're dealing with it. I don't know that we are. I don't hear a lot of people dealing with it. I know it's going to happen on the on the radio. All the big shows, they're all going to say, "Well, oh, we're only talking about this murder of a black man. What about the other fifty murders a night that take place?" In inner city Chicago, yeah, black on black. Okay, whatever. Great. True. Totally true. And somebody needs to deal with what's going on with police officers. And and it's city by city. I mean, what is this? The fifth city where we've had like a major well, a obvious major, yeah. event. So it's not an accident that this is all happening. There's 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 tension. So we got to do something like that. By the way, uh, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. It is. And on our show today, we just finished the Mars segment. Yes. It was which, a good segment. Well, when you think about Thanksgiving, you think Mars. Well, I think you phrased it best. When you're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner, there's a point where the conversation just sort of stalls. Yeah. Or you're sitting in, in a room and you're with someone that you don't really talk too much and you don't have a lot of conversation mm-hmm. there. You can now say, hey, there's water on Mars. That's right. Instant conversation starter. Boom. Boom. Off you go. It's briny. You can just start talking like you know. Maybe like, someone has seen the, the movie The Martian. Right. I mean, we had an astrophysicist. He hadn't, he seen, hadn't the movie. seen it. You'd think he possibly would. But he's it? getting to it. He's going to get there. That's so sad. But you know, like your. You need something your, to talk about. Your mother in law, your mm-hmm. nephew, whoever, they probably saw the movie. Yeah, your aunt that still calls you by the wrong name. That happens. Everyone's got one. Or Come here, one, Meryl. Or the one that calls it's you Matt. by your, My name is Matt. your full name, all four names. <laughs> Matthew Martin Townsend, <laughs> sit down. It's true. And so today, uh, this hour, to add to your depth of knowledge, we're going to be talking with Tyler Carter, who is an animator, was an animator on the Peanuts movie, which, which was a hard movie to do because we, we don't have a 3D version of Charlie Brown and all of his characters. There's it's it's never 3D. It's a 2D. You never saw the back of the head of Chuck. Right. Well, you did, but he'd spin around. Yeah, but you'd only a, it was a yeah. yeah it was flat, flat on the comic strip. Or if you've seen the the older cartoons that they mm-hmm. show. Yeah. There's a Thanksgiving episode they show, obviously, and there's a great pumpkin and all that. They're they're really different. They're drawn differently, and now they're trying to change it into a 3D environment. There's one scene I saw the movie over the weekend. You did? I did. My boy wanted to see it. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. There's there's the scene where you get Charlie Brown and Linus. Mm-hmm. They're always leaning on a wall talking to each other. It's just a wall. It's like a, a rock wall. Yeah, they're wall. just hanging out of the wall. Well, at first I'm watching it and they're talking and I don't recognize what they're doing because there's background. 
There's scenery. There's all this stuff going on behind. There's a park, and kids are on a swing. And are the are the, are the kids regular looking humans, or are they no, no, are they no. fellow? It's all okay. Charlie Brown type characters. But the scene in the the comic strip, or even in the in the the TV specials you see, they're just leaning on a wall, and there's just yeah, sort of a right. generic background. That's cool. But now there's this whole vibrant background filling in the space, and I didn't even recognize they were leaning on this wall, which is kind of iconic to the show. And then you see that, oh, okay, there you go. There's an example of what they did. Yeah. They took the iconic moment yeah. and then put a whole world How behind cool. them. So. And this Tyler Carter was a big part of that. In fact, a big part of it, of the movie, is Snoopy uh, has an imaginative world. Yeah, he's uh, he's fighting the Red Baron. Right, yeah. Remember how he— but, He's flying on his doghouse. But that all had to be made up. Yes, and because the imaginative world had never been created before, so imagine you have to Not create to something yeah. that hasn't been created, and you don't, and you want to keep it in the spirit of Charles Schultz. And then after the movie, my son kept talking about. He goes, "Snoopy's house broke down because there's a point yeah, where it, it falls apart." And that was that was the thing he was focused on was Snoopy's flying Which is around. Interesting because Ty house. Carter was a big part of that. So. Ty Carter, our next guest, influenced your son. And he's like, and then, ah. it, and then his house had holes in it because the Red Baron shoots up the house a little That's bit. Right. And I'm like, wow, That's you cool. actually paid attention where my wife fell asleep. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll be talking with Ty Carter, so stick with us. Then you can bring that up to Aunt Judy. Aunt Judy. So I was listening to this really interesting show about have the you, Peanuts. Have you seen the Peanuts movie? You yeah. may want to go see that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, we're going to um, – we'll, we'll get to Ty Car- Tyler Carter in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we got to get to the headlines. Terry, what's going on around the world? Thanks, Matt. Hundreds of protesters marched in Chicago Tuesday night after the release of a graphic video from October 2014 showing a police officer shooting 16 rounds into Laquan McDonald, a 17-year-old teenager, as – at least two people were arrested among the outpouring of demonstrators who took to the streets. Protests appeared to have calmed down in the early hours Wednesday without any reports of damage. Protests are expected to continue throughout the week, including demonstrations at City Hall slated for Wednesday and another on the popular stretch of Michigan Avenue during Friday's expected holiday shopping. That's the uh, Miracle Mile, I believe they call it, isn't it? Um, yep. <clears throat> Elsewhere, Minneapolis police say they have arrested, have arrested a 23-year-old white male and another unidentified suspect in connection to Monday night shooting at a Black Lives Matter sit-in. Officials are still searching for at least two other white suspects accused of shooting five black people at the event. Demonstrators have been conducting a vigil outside the station over the death of a 24-year-old Jamar, Jamar Clark who was fatally shot by a white police officer November 15th. Uh, French President Hollande and the White House Tuesday, he was at the White House Tuesday, said that France will step up its air campaign against ISIS. President Obama says his security team has put together a plan to put more pressure on the extremist group. Obama wants Russia to join the coalition. Russia right now is a coalition of two, Iran and Russia, supporting Assad. Given Russia's military capabilities and given the influence they have on the Assad regime. Them cooperating would be enormously helpful and allow us all to refocus our attention on ISIL. The French president is headed to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin to ask him to join the fight against ISIS. How Americans perceive Muslims is linked primarily to headlines, which makes sense because most of Americans haven't spoken to a Muslim in the past year. This this in the Washington Post this morning. According to the Public Religion Research Institute American Values Survey, which was conducted before the November 13th Paris terror attacks, 56% of Americans believe the values of Islam conflict with values of the United States. 
However, since the U.S. Muslim population is relatively small, only about 1% and then spread that across a handful of cities. So there's 1% of the country that's Muslim spread across a bunch of cities, mostly large cities. Uh, Many Americans are forming opinions about Islam from a distance without knowing anyone that believes or practices Islam. They form these opinions. In 2011, seven in 10 Americans say they hadn't even talked. They haven't talked to a Muslim in the past year. That was 2011. Wow. Right. Wow. And then, so we have these opinions. 56% say that the values of Islam conflict with the United States, but most of America yeah, hasn't even, even talked to a person who has those beliefs. I mean, that's, yeah. So reach out or, or at least remain open. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. I mean, just, you can just go study. You can go study about it. You can go hear about it. There's some really great interviews going on right now about how we're maybe overstepping. A newborn baby boy was found alive with its umbilical cord still attached in a nativity scene at a Queens church, Queens, New York church on Monday. Oh, wow. The unidentified child was discovered by a custodian at the Holy Child Jesus Church in Richmond Hill around noon, according to police. Surveillance footage shows a woman walking inside the church with a baby in her arms and then departing without it. (sighs) No child left behind. But she did leave it in a church? Yeah, she did. And did she leave it in the manger? uh, It doesn't say... It says it was in the nativity scene, so it leads you to believe, yeah, but maybe, maybe the manger had, you know. Maybe it already had the baby Jesus. Yeah, so, so maybe next to it. Wow, at least she, yeah, she left it. That's good for the baby. I so mean, the baby safe. has a chance now. Wow. Goodness. That's how, you know, that's how we found Ben. Really? Well, well he, it wasn't a manger. Yeah. But it was pretty mangy. What yeah, we saw. It was a feeding trough. That was weird. Yeah. Remember, we were you weren't there. No. But, uh, yeah, we were just, Don and I were just walking. We were doing the petting zoo. Wow. Yeah, we do that. It's a, fa- it's a family slash BYU broadcasting event. Okay. Petting zoo. A petting zoo. And there, and right there in the ben. trough is Ben. So your last producer, James, mm-hmm. you found him wrapped in cellophane mm-hmm. on like the front stoop. Swaddled. Swaddled in cellophane. Yeah, which, yeah. Kind of like a holiday counter. fruit basket. Uh-huh. Right. Why do you keep finding producers in just know. odd places? It's, Why can't they just walk in and fill out a, a job form? It's know? weird. I mean, it's hard Apply to get for people. A job it's like hard a to get person. good people. But you can find a lot of them. Just check the mangers. Check okay. the check They're the feeding troughs. Gotcha. But ever since then, we've been, we've we've helped Ben grow up, and he's making ice cream for us now. In the child labor area of my enterprise. <laughs> Yeah, the Matt Townsend Enterprise is a pretty big, <laughs> it's big huge. one, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah. Uh, someday, you're going to be huge. I want you to know that in the ice cream world. Tell him. I'll tell him. I was going to have you tell him your name. That He wants to name it Chunky Monkey. Chunky Monkey Ice Cream. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's been taken. That's sl- Slander. Slander. We'll take a break, my friends. When we come back, Tyler Carter will be joining us, uh, honoring Charles Schultz. I mean, nothing says the holiday season than, you know, Charlie Brown. Charles Schultz. Uh, we're going to be talking with Tyler Carter, who is uh, was a was a an animator on the Peanuts movie. Interesting stuff. Fun discussion. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. 
to the Matt Townsend Show. Man, that music just brings back memories. Do you remember? I remember sitting in school and watching like the Christmas special right before Christmas. This is what? 60 years ago. Maybe not that long ago. I've actually never seen him. Oh, my heavens. Young punk. Uh, did you grow up with Linus, Lucy, Sally, and Charlie Brown? The Peanuts comics created by Charles Schultz and published from the 50s to the year 2000 have an international presence. The comics have influenced American culture in many ways. Snoopy became the mascot of NASA, personal safety for astronauts. Remember that? Charlie Brown became the semi-official mascot of the Apollo 10 mission. And with all that in mind, the idea of tackling internationally recognizable characters and creating a new movie doesn't sound daunting at all, does it? Tackling this icon, however, is just what Tyler Carter did. Tyler Carter, our next guest, is a visual development artist on Blue Skies, the Peanuts movie, and he joins us now from New York. Mr. Carter, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You bet. This is way cool. It's, uh, we're honored to have you. And you, uh, by the way, a BYU graduate. Yeah. And? Graduated in 2011. Was that right? 2011. You also, by the way, back in the day, you won a student Emmy for your short film, uh, Dream Giver. Yeah, that's exactly right. You've been a busy guy. Uh, talk about this movie, the, the Peanuts movie. I mean, it's a big deal to, to, to take on an enterprise like, you know, all of the Peanuts characters who have been in thousands of cartoons or uh, comics, um, you don't want to mess that up, do you? That's huge, <laughs> not, Tyler. Not at all. Yeah, and in fact, when we started, when we first heard about the project, uh, the Schultz came and Craig Schultz, uh, Schultz's son, came and, and spoke to us and just said, you know, they had chosen our studio to to create the film. And I just remember walking back to my desk and everybody was you know, excited, but I think you could sense in the air that everybody was also horrified. And I, I was, I was terrified because I just thought, if you mess this up, <laughs> you will have so many that you're going to get like death, death threats because people are just so tied to this. And oh yeah. You know, it's a part of our culture. And I think that was one of the strengths of the studio is everybody, as soon as we got the project, Everybody dug in really hard just to make sure that this was going to turn out uh, as something that, you know, Schultz would be proud of himself, but also stay true to the comic strips Mm. and just true to the style of everything. Now, isn't it true that you gathered, like, you'd take an image of Charlie Brown or 500 of them and, and kind of create the model? Because every time Charles would draw Charlie, it was a little different, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So as we were looking through these archives, which we uh, got access to through the Peanuts and through, you know, the Schultz family and the estate, we had all these archives of all the strips, you know, for, you know, the 50 years that he was creating these characters. And, of course, they change over time. And when we started really focusing on a specific time period, even then we noticed that the characters were drawn in a lot of different ways, like Charlie's nose might be kind of a moon shape here but then it might be kind of a sagging moon shape there and so we yeah we did exactly that we'd create matrix sheets with hundreds and hundreds of the same character Hmm. and we'd say you know we like this profile these 50 profiles of charlie 
but we like this one the most, and we choose one and use that as a, kind of a, a basis yeah. for how we would design the character. And we were getting into things like as specific as whether or not when we modeled that character in 3D, like when we translated that into the, the 3D software, whether or not we were on the inside of the line, the center of the line, mm. or the outside edge. Because those little things, when a character is so simple, those tiny little details make a really big difference. They can cause it to look kind of off. And, you know, one of the reasons it looks so good, you know, and I, I feel very confident in saying that, even though no, it looks, that was yeah. a rule. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty, yeah, you're not being cocky. That's, it's good. It looks great. It, it, uh, it feels that way. It feels right because of these tiny little details that we were paying attention to. Hmm. And I can tell you that there were times, you know, when we were developing it, that it didn't feel right. And, you know, those were the times where we really dug in because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that it, everyone's happy. And, of course, we don't want to create something that looks off. And, and, you know, one of the other challenges is there's so much content out there from the years that Peanuts has been coming out. There's all this content that's yeah. created, like the TV specials and it was hard to just make sure that everything was accounted for. And it's, I think it's very easy to overlook this project as like, oh, well, this was already designed, so right. know, maybe this wasn't as hard. But it's it's very no. hard to understand without, you know, visually showing all the, the things that went into it. Well, and I can only – I mean, you really think that Charlie Brown has got to be a fairly easy character because he only has, whatever, a moon-shaped nose, yeah. dot eyes, a little squirrely in the back of his head and that funny shirt. But it's more than those five features, right? It's how he moves. It's how – and in 3D, it it's a whole – I mean, you have to you had to add a whole other dimension to his life that none of us had ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Or more uh, dimensions than one. Yeah, exactly. Over all those years that he was drawing these comic strips, we were looking and looking and looking for references to understand, like, what's in Snoopy's world and what's behind here, what's behind Charlie's house, how is his neighborhood layout. Because hmm. one of the things that I'm responsible to do is come up with the visual language of what everything looks like, not just the characters, but everything behind them that's happening with the props and the sets. And that was one of the big challenges, too, is, you know, in Snoopy's dream world, we had clouds. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And, right. Know, it was okay. blue and clouds, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And occasionally there'd be like a mountain or a little peak or something that you'd see in the comic strips. But we're not talking about panoramas that <laughs> Schultz did and ironically, I found a lot of really good reference when I was designing things like the Aerodrome Valley in the movie, you know, where Snoopy does a lot of his flying and some of the enemy territory. A lot of the reference that I found was from this uh, encyclopedia that Schultz actually made for kids. Hmm. And I dug through that and found lots of reference of actual things where he drew a couple of mountains or like a valley there was uh, some things we got from the Schultz estate that were actually plein air drawings where he had done them on location while he was traveling in Italy and uh, France. And that's uh, some of that helped us to base 
kind of a, a pinpoint where we wanted this to take place hmm. in Snoopy's yeah. world. So it was kind of in Europe, really. Uh-huh, exactly. And our director didn't want us to be able to say, like, other than Paris, he wanted us to just look at it and say, okay, it's, it's timeless, like it's taking place sometime in like a post-World War I era, but we don't want to locate anything specific other than Paris hmm. just because that was in the strips. And, you know, that's what we did and developed kind of a, a style language which translated the simple Schultz shapes, you know, like those shapes of the snow blobs in Charlie's World. We used a lot of that shape language to create these giant mountains and more wow. epic scenes. It seems like you you really had Charles in your head, <laughs> right? I mean, it, you were like channeling Charles. Did, did it feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it, it was really weird because we'd sit down as a group and just go through all these TV specials, and then we'd go through comic strips together, and you really started getting a sense for like what all this was about and you know we we would usually know right away whether or not something was going to work or not once we designed it and you know we never one thing that was interesting about this project is on normal films you bring references that are like photographs mm -hmm. and you say you know when you're pitching something to your director you say you know I derived this a pyramid or this mountain from these photographs from Egypt or from, you know, this area in the Alps. And in this movie, it was all about bringing comic strip references and saying, okay, so he drew this here in 1971, and we really like the shape of this. And we're thinking about something like this that's a little larger, and we, kill, we still keep this shape, but it's slightly more complex, and, it, <laughs> you know, this is still going to fit into our world. Because the second that you bring something in that you introduce a shape or any type of an object into this world that doesn't belong, it really just sticks out like Does it? Yeah, it's like that's not working. Exactly. And, you know, people don't like that either. They get mad. and <laughs> Yeah. So you don't want to have any of that. <laughs> this is – I mean it really is amazing because, Ty, you – you're you're relatively young too, right? I mean, I guess that's part of the thing with animation is probably most of them probably are. Um, yeah. But you're you're really and you're here. You are thrust into one of the biggest movies, you know, I guess anima animated movies of the year. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's been a, an amazing opportunity. I'm really grateful that I got put on this show. And you know, I, when they first announced it, I I was just so humbled and grateful to be a part of it and and like I said I really was pretty horrified of this project yeah for obvious reasons because it, it really was a scary thought of making this into 3d and I'm just so happy with the way it turned out like our our animators the ones who were actually moving the characters they took all these style guides that we had created with you know the shapes and just what these characters were going to look like and then they translated everything into a, a visual movement that I think is so fantastic and yeah. it's really groundbreaking how everything's so graphic and uh, the story turned out great. It's nice and sweet and it's true to the Schultz spirit of everything that he did in these comic strips and everything that they were all about. In fact, we toned down Lucy in the movie so she wasn't such a jerk. Did you? I mean, around here she's got... <laughs> 
another name that everybody calls her because she's so <laughs> mean in the old strips, like yeah, in she the, yeah, in the specials, <laughs> and 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 the yeah, the attitude and the the pulling the ball away when someone's about to kick it. She so you yeah. you toned it down and. Did, does, did decisions like that worry you? Did it worry you that the Schultz family might be like, well, no, you can't change Lucy because our sister, Julie, she's just like Lucy. <laughs> they were uh, very involved uh, throughout the show. And so there wasn't a lot that I, I feel like they they usually knew before I did hmm. if anything in the story was changing. Um, but you know, there were times where we would watch a screening after everything, like, you know, with a bunch of storyboards thrown together before anything's been rendered. And we'd give feedback and our thoughts. And what's interesting about a film like Peanuts is, like, everyone has their own memories of what these were. Right. And, you know, without sounding like bad, when you watch the specials, they're actually pretty boring to watch. Yeah, they're kind of long and they're slow and, and visually, yeah, especially for today. I mean, they're so visually yeah. not dynamic and interesting. Exactly, like in contrast to today, they're very slow moving and and dragged out. And what was interesting when we started making the film is we all remembered them completely different. We didn't remember them being slow, but when we watched them and we went back and saw this. It really did feel, you know, like, wow, this is actually going to be very tricky because we don't want to change this, but we need people to remember this when they're watching it as something that's familiar and, you know, part of their family. Yeah. But we don't want to, you know, lose any of that. And I I really believe that the film is a nice balance between that. You know, the, the things that were toned down with Lucy were definitely – Things that today are a little bit more taboo. Some of the things that she said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of amazing. Yeah, I was like wow, they they got away with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 were very insensitive back in the day. Um, <laughs> let's take a break, Tyler. We're speaking with Tyler Carter, who was uh, one of the animators on the Peanuts movie. Um, really, pretty interesting exploration of what goes on behind one of these. Big hit movies, uh, animated movies, and really, you wouldn't think that it would be so daunting and so fearful. But you're dealing with Americana. You're dealing with one of the biggest, you know, cartoon characters or strips that we all were so in love with growing up. And uh, I think I think they did it, folks. We'll take a break. More with Tyler Carter and uh, exploring the Peanuts movie. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Linus playing a little music there, probably. We're speaking with Tyler Carter, one of the animators on the Peanuts movie, also a BYU graduate. Go check out his website, though, tylercarter.com. He's put together, uh, you, you just heard him last break talking about the fact that, you know, he had to put together all of these backgrounds and these landscapes and sceneries for the section of Snoopy's imaginative world. 
And uh, what he's also done is he's taken images from along the Wasatch Front, uh, some of the great uh, national parks in Utah, and he's he's painted those as well. Tyler, that, it's it's kind of neat to watch the Snoopy's movie uh, or the the uh, the Peanuts movie, and then to go look at your website and see your paintings because they they really just look like backdrops to the movie. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh. It was a lot of fun working on everything in the Snoopy movie, and it was fun because I got to kind of channel some of the things that I grow, I grew up with in terms of the Wasatch Mountains. I grew up in Sandy and, you know, uh, remember just these massive mountains, and it's so weird when we come back from New York and we see those when I'm just visiting yeah. parents. And <laughs> Is that weird so to come big. from New York and then... That that's how I always when I used to consult a lot and travel. That's how I always knew I was home was when you saw those mountains. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's it's weird coming back because I realize how great uh, Utah is, and uh, maybe I took some of that for granted growing up because uh, Utah is such a wonderful place, and Salt Lake in particular is just yeah an amazing place to live, and even. <laughs> Just comparing it down to airports, it's like when you go to JFK, it's pretty stressful experience <laughs> totally. getting down there. And, you feel uh, violated and, three different ways <laughs> just getting to the airport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, landing in Salt Lake City, <laughs> it's just like so peaceful and calm, and you really there's just so much, so many great things there. And Once well, so you yeah. caught it though, but you caught that in the movie. I mean, the Peanuts movie, like there, there's just a scene with Charlie Brown. I think it was Charlie, or maybe it was Snoopy. And in the background, you just see a little house that is. It just looks like a house in my neighborhood where I grew up. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, and it's at a different level. I mean, the graphics, the the visual, it's nothing like you'd ever see in in the Peanuts world. It, but it's. But it's much more complete. Now all of a sudden you can see what's going on behind the ballpark and behind the fence. You can see the, the you know, the neighborhood behind there. It's just – it's incredible. And uh, I, I'm betting uh, – you tell me though, Tyler. I'm going to bet that there's going to be a big series of these. Now that you guys have figured out the the code, you guys could pump out a bunch of these. Is that in, is that in the plans? I – I would imagine it probably is, but as far as I know right now, um, we're just enjoying uh, having finished it and yeah. <laughs> just kind of waiting for all the numbers to come in, and I think somebody much higher up than me will make that decision, but I would imagine that, yeah, from from the Schultz's ideas and vision behind it, that they want to revamp this so that you know, new generations can adopt Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's happening already just by people's reactions. So yeah, I mean, that's I think that's definitely something that could happen in the future. What um, is it true? One of the things stats I found about the movie is that the fantasy world covered about six thousand miles of computer-generated land. Yes, T- 6, talk is that square miles? Oh my heavens! Is that real? <laughs> that is real. It's it's pretty insane. Now, some of that was created using models and map painting, where you'd actually create a simple uh, model of like a shape, 
and then one of our map painters would actually go in and paint that so that it looks like uh, you know a mountain or a vista far in the distance that's not you know it's not truly that detailed uh, but the the actual scope of this environment in Snoopy's fantasy world was huge hmm. um, we're working on a couple reels right now for some of the awards that are going to be in 2016 and one of those reels is basically explaining how we created you know this entire set and <laughs> We're going through this, you know, putting cameras into the set to just show how large this is. And, you know, going from the concept art, which is, you know, my part in the movie, and seeing what everyone did to take my concept art and translate it into 3D and, and to create something, you know, visually stunning. It was really amazing. I work with some amazing people at this studio. Hmm. Just so much talent and so many people with so many great ideas and it's so fun to just collaborate and see what we can create together it, it's really it's a humbling thing because everyone has their specific uh thing that they're very good at and so much talent yeah do you, do you actually then you would draw like a concept image would you actually do it by hand on paper or would you just do it all on the computer yeah depending on what part I'm working on sometimes I will just draw it on paper and uh you know then I'll scan it in and I can paint over the top hmm. of that in Photoshop. Uh my design department is broken up into two parts. I guess I should say the art department is broken up into two parts. Two parts there's design and there's color and design is like the actual lines and then color is actually painting and kind of volumizing everything out. So I do a little bit of both, actually, and within those two areas, people focus on characters, environments, color, just with, like, color keys, and I, I go back and forth and do a little of everything. It's just something I really enjoy about my job. I feel like I'm always busy that way, that, you know, there's a lot of different things that need to be done at all times. Mm. I think it's... It's amazing, and it's it's a it's a long shot from coming to BYU, you know, probably having an artistic background, and then getting into the animation world. And the next thing you know, you're living in New York, working on the biggest one of the biggest animated movies of the year. It's huge. Yeah, it's been. I've had a really fortunate run with everything, and and BYU definitely prepared me for, you know, getting out here. One thing that's nice about the animation program at BYU is they set it up so that you're very independent. Um, you really can do whatever you want to do while you're there. And so once I kind of realized that, uh, I, I feel like I, it really forced me to just take matters into my own hands and just make sure that I was controlling hmm. where my future was going and met so many awesome friends there at BYU and the professors are awesome and it's getting better and better. I mean, I think uh, you've spoken to Dave Dibble. Yeah, I yeah, they have here at BYU Radio, yeah. Yeah, Dave's there now and he's just a phenomenal artist. And How many people were on the team, by the way, that put together pe the, the whole Peanuts movie? That's a good question. So it's broken up into, you know, these different specialties within yeah. the studio and so... The studio has about just over 500 people total 
that work on these films. Um, at the beginning of a film, though, in like my department and the story department, we're kind of focused on just one movie. So, for instance, I, I worked on the Peanuts movie. Before that, I had worked on Epic. And mm. so it's kind of like I'll be a part of a movie every three or four years, whereas other departments uh, like lighting or materials, they'll touch every single project hmm. that comes through um, because they're part of the production side where yeah, they once need everything's to... been developed, they'll create that. That's great. Well, um, we appreciate you being with us, Tyler. Uh, what have you got planned for Thanksgiving? We are getting together with some friends in New Jersey and having a big turkey. That's great. Watch out for New Jersey because Donald Trump said there's some troublemakers out there. Uh, anyway, don't don't pay attention to that. Hey, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving and thank you for being such a such a big part of a of a, I think a really cool I don't know, revitalization of a great brand. Um Charlie Brown Peanuts Gang. It's it's awesome work you've done. Thank you so much. And yeah, and as you mentioned Wasatch earlier, if yep. you're interested in getting my new book, you can go to tycarter.bigcartel.com and it's for sale. I'll Ty- ship it out to you and sign it. That's awesome. tycarter.bigcartel.com. Um, the book is Wasatch. Go check it out. It really, even if you just go to tycarter.com, you'll be able to see a lot of the books and uh, show how to how to order it and he'll sign it and get it to you. Good stuff, folks. You know, giving you some information. You probably ought to go see the Peanuts movie. It's a good Thanksgiving break for you. We'll take a break, my friends. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you find the good in the world. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, as Turkey Day is tomorrow, we thought we'd uh, give you some ideas of some topics you could bring up around the dinner table and, and maybe some things you probably ought not bring up. Um, taxes? Taxes. I, I probably wouldn't bring up the taxes. Refugees? <laughs> like, like... If we should let them in the country or you not. You know what? That, this is a great thing. Just sit back. Let me just... I'll even tell you how to bring up refugees. Uh, just right in the middle of dinner, just say... Hey, so how about those refugees? Just start with that. <laughs> how about those refugees? Just watch the fire burn on somebody. Oh man, someone goes nuts. Can I? Can I just suggest? Don't bring up. Don't bring up. You know your mole that's been worrying you. Yeah. Any any sort of. Hey, does this does this look infected? Anything that festers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, put your shirt on. We're we not, want to avoid that. We're not checking moles today. <laughs> that's the problem with being a doctor. See, I'm going to go to dinner tomorrow with two doctors. Ooh. So you know my shirt's coming off, and we're doing a mole check. <laughs> if the conversation so- <laughs> leads you to taking your shirt off, you may want to avoid it. Yeah. So those doctors, does that include you? Or well, that'll be two doctors. real doctors. Three doctors. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, back slow the roll, man. Back that up, cowboy. <laughs> what? Uh, there's two medical doctors, Yeah. and then there's but, one doctor of love. But isn't yours more ceremonial? What? So two practical doctors. Wh- hold it, ice cream boy. <laughs> Two, there's two medical doctors that will be great if you're choking on a turkey leg. Yes, those are the doctors we're talking about. Yeah, then there's the guy that actually saves your relationships and keeps the family together. The coddling doctor. No. No? The doctor of love 
and life and leading healthier. So we bring guests on and they go, oh, he's it's Dr. Townsend, right? He goes, what's he a doctor of? And I went, yeah, well, <sighs> um, what you say is you say doctor of human development. Oh, okay. that's what you say. That's easy. It's like you could say doctor of love. I'm like conflict revolu- res- revolution, resolution, resolution. Uh-huh, conflict. I'm a doctor of relationships, relationships, mm-hmm. love. He, he tries to keep marriages together. Yeah. And, they, and then you hear in their voice. Oh. Oh, that kind of doctor. Okay. Okay, I guess we'll come up. Here's some other things you shouldn't bring up. Don't bring up genetically modified food. No, GMOs. Don't bring up GMOs. Don't bring up Star Wars. Why not? Because it's geeky. Could you bring up... Not to be mean. Captain America Civil War that they just released the new trailer? Sure, if you want nobody to talk to you. Awesome. That's what you'd bring up. That movie looks so good. Here's an obvious one. Don't bring up Donald Trump. Don't. Right. You're going to want to. You are going to want to bring him up. Don't bring him up. I'm going to guess President Obama might be something you want to stay away from. I may, yeah, I may stay away from all politics. You, you have to know your audience. Maybe maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Yeah. Don't th- bring up the refugees. I think it'd be worth it to compile a Matt Townsend Thanksgiving bingo card. Ooh, it's a about great idea. everything that's discussed. You want some uh, safe topics? Yeah, what are some safe ones? I found this online. Uh, recent or upcoming vacations. Oh, yeah. That's safe. The food. This food is fantastic. We could talk about the food. I hate it. GMO. <laughs> Don't bring up, by the way, the true origins of Thanksgiving. Is this turkey naturally sourced? Didn't we really give blankets to the Indians? And did... Oh, jeez. Here we go. Ruining a good holiday. What okay. else can we talk about? This says there's six of them. I found two. Look, look harder. It says keep reading and then see the, the internet. You could talk about how bad the internet is. You know what? You could talk about your cable service provider. You could talk about that because everyone has a problem with yeah. it. No one likes their if cable If you want to unify provider. your family, bring up your cable provider and everyone in anger will turn. You could bring up sports. Yes, you could bring up the Warriors. Everyone likes it. You can pretend you just won $5 million. What's the first thing you would buy? Go. Mm, that's a great question. What do you think the hardest thing about being a parent is? Kids. Okay, answer that one. What are you <laughs> oh, most come on. What are you most thankful for? You know, it's Thanksgiving, so everyone you know, can walk by around. By the way, if anyone asks you to say what are you most thankful for, always say you. If you could have named Just yourself you. anything, what would what name would you have picked? Voldemort. Voldemort. Is that bad? It's kind of been ruined lately. I grew up thinking that was the coolest name. This one's funny. What about me is the most and least things that you like about me? You know what? That's a great question. Pick on me. Go ahead. Let's go around the table. Can I have everyone just talk about what they love about me? Which person at this table do you wish you knew better? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, these are weird. Yeah. It's kind of odd. I like the the uncomfortable. So, uh, did you get a job? Yeah. Yeah, Good. You finally working, Bill? (laughs) Bill, you finally got a job? You finally... You know, paying your bills, you still, you know. I was unemployed last Thanksgiving, so that was kind of awkward. See, this is great. <gasps> now I you can ought brag. To, yeah, but you ought to buy. You ought to buy something. You ought to bring. I you, am you Thanksgiving dinner drink to one alcohol, house. or you could bring a glass of. You could bring a bottle of wine, but you need to bring something like a showing your wealth. Really, bring bring some bring some fudge from the cougar eat. <laughs> cougar fudge. <laughs> From Subway or no 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 from the, the cougar creamery creamery the creamery oh, what do they call okay. it? there's a name for it. like cougar couldn't remember fudge. the ice cream shelf on town on but the it's, campus uh, here yeah it sounds weird but uh, people love cougar brittle 
Cougar brittle. So I should flaunt. Yeah. Flaunt. Okay. Flaunt your power. There you go. There's some safe topics. Yeah. Stay away from politics. That's right. Stick with the less mundane. So, hey, go on any vacations? And when in doubt, bring Cougar Riddle. There you go. We'll take a break, folks. That's hour number two. One more hour of the Matt Townsend Show before the holidays. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter. At Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. On Thanksgiving Eve... The program uh, getting you ready for the big uh, showdown tomorrow with you and your family members. Where you take them on head-to-head. You get to play all the games. You get to just look into Grandma's eyes. Happy Thanksgiving. Top of the morning to you. Today, uh, we got a great show for you. A, we're going to just be talking with Rod Gustafson about the movies that are being released. Three new movies we'll be talking about. Two of them, I believe. No, there's three, but we're going to talk about two of them. Good. One of them's a remake of Frankenstein. And How many of those do we need? Absolutely. All you're going to do is you're going to turn around and go, Igor looks like Harry Potter. Huh. That's weird. Speaking of Frankenstein, <laughs> aren't you excited to see your in-laws tomorrow, your friends, your family, your neighbors, all the people you bring gathered around the table for the feast? What part of dinner are you looking most forward to? Eating it. Is there anything that... Like stands out. Uh, I, you know what? I like that really quiet moment when everybody's starting to eat. Oh, you hear is like yum 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 yum. yum. It's like knives hitting plates. That's it. I like that moment. I like. uh, I'm going to probably miss it, but there. I like the hike. We usually go on a. Ooh. It's we call it. There's a physical challenge involved. Wow. It's the baton. Life March, not the Death March. Wow. We do it every Thanksgiving. That all of a sudden got dark. But we do it. Uh, and ten, it's probably 10 miles or so. A 10-mile uh-huh, yeah. walk? Every, really? Every, yeah. There's football on. Yeah, yeah. It's usually horrible football. Uh, I know. It's usually never – I mean, the Lions and the Cowboys play all the time. But They're it's, horrible. It's totally worth it. And uh, I might miss it tomorrow because I'll probably be driving. Yeah. Because there's storms here locally and – so I might have to sit home tonight all alone. Just maybe watch my favorite go, Netflix show. Go get a hungry man. Go get a hungry Thanksgiving man TV oh, dinner and just wallow like in your aloneness while you oh, watch Netflix. Sounds like heaven. Today, by the way, is shopping reminder day. Just a reminder that there is shopping. There's shopping to do. Uh, Black Friday's coming up. We have a Black Friday special here mm-hmm. at BYU Radio. Oh. Really? Yes. Oh, all, yeah, yeah. All podcasts for the weekend are free. Uh-huh. You up to your first 1,000 downloads. Yeah, we'll give you 1,000 free downloads of any podcast from BYU Radio. You can get them on iTunes, on TuneIn, on BeanPod. Podbean. Podbean. We're going to get fired. I know, but I don't know why they don't get that right. We can't get the. I think the people that branded that branded it backward. And, yes, Podbean. Uh, I checked my Podbean. text that we got yeah. from the people that are not happy that we forgot that it's called Podbean. Podbean. And BYURadio.org. Yeah. 
They're free for the weekend. It's you just got to enter in the name the Matt Townsend Show, and all of ours will come up, and then you can just start downloading them. Personally, I download all of them from all of us to all of you. Free podcast for the weekend. For, yeah, you know why? It's because we care. Yeah, I mean a lot of other shows they don't care, but we love you. Some charge. Some charge. Us free for no, the no, weekend. No, 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 no. So as a way to help you cope with your family. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, if you have to cope. I mean, some just yeah, enjoy if, if you enjoy your family, but eh, right. there's always some times where you're stuck with the awkward uncle who just yeah. wants to talk for some reason and you just don't want to. Uh-huh. Have a little little bud earphone. Uh-huh. Pop it in the ear. Listen to Matt Townsend talk Love about it. Mars today. Mars. That was a cool segment. Or the we had the animator from Peanuts. That was great. The, those two interviews, they could get you through Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Man, Matt sure seems quiet. I'm good. But the trick is one ear with the mm-hmm. the, the, the ear pod, the mm-hmm. other side, leave it open so you can hear what's going right. on and fake like That's you're right. paying attention. It's a, There's a lot of fun And occasionally things. go, please pass the potatoes. Sure. I'm on it. There, there you, you go. go. But you get to be with your kids. Well, I know we'll play football. We always play like two-on-two, three-on-three football. That's, that's usually – this is a big day because I for years I couldn't play because of my injury. Your plantar? Yeah, my professional sports athletic injury. Uh, a lot of stars uh, have plantar issues. They do. Uh, right now, who there is a star down? Oh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning allegedly has plantar. Yeah. So did you have one of your doctor friends look at it? No. I'm a doctor. I took care of it. Medical doctor friends? No. Not emotional I had a relationship podiatrist. doctor. I had a podiatrist that works with elite athletes. Ooh. And uh, he referred me to this other guy. <laughs> he went, yeah, go talk to that guy. And he said, yeah, go talk to this other guy, a great doctor, Dr. Goes, Signaler. I, I only talk to exceptional foots. Mm-hmm. I don't look at your well, common foot. he's like, yeah. I mean, but but he says it is an injury that a lot of you know stellar athletes have. So I have it. I had it. I don't have it anymore. So this is the first year I get to just open it up. I'm going to open it up. I'm, I'm kind of like a racehorse now, and mm-hmm. I'm going to open it up, and, and I'm playing ball this year. I'm playing ball. Okay. So. So did, did you help yourself with like the emotional? Uh huh. See, I barriers? help myself more psychologically, more emotionally. Okay. Yeah. So I'm re- I'm ready to go. But I, I'm just I'm just shouting it out to the people that are going to be playing me tomorrow. Watch it because you're bringing your game. Plantar no mar no mar no mar. <laughs> you're just making stuff up now. Yeah. But you're a doctor. You can do that. Exactly. Right. We've had multiple doctors on this show. That's right. They and make up their own words to define absolutely. things they're studying. That's right. When you can because you're the doctor. Right. Uh, so we're going to get to the movies with Rod Gustafson in a minute. We'll probably be discussing other important issues about Thanksgiving. Yes. What have you got coming up? What is the difference between a yam and a sweet potato? Huge. This This blew my mind. The places in this country – the states in this country where you're most likely to be assaulted during Black Friday sales. With a yam. Supported by statistical data. Really? So what state you're most likely to get assaulted on Black Friday? I'll read it to you. It's a this funny post. A, this is exciting. All these end up on Twitter here in the next hour. So watch the Twitter this feed. This is huge. Okay. So, uh, and then maybe some historical facts 
that we've maybe misconstrued through time. Yeah. We've developed a mythology around Thanksgiving that isn't That's necessarily right. true. It doesn't, yeah, it yeah. has to jive with reality a little right. bit. Uh, well, great. We'll get to all of that. But before we do, let's get to the headlines with Terry. What's going on, Terry? Thanks, Matt. Calling Turkey as dangerous to its citizens as Egypt, Russia warns tourists on Tuesday against traveling to Turkey. According to some reports, the state Duma, that's their government, is considering suspending all commercial flights between the two countries. Turkish F-16 shot down a Russian jet fighter that was allegedly flying over Turkish territory near the Syrian border on Tuesday. In October, a Russian passenger jet was brought down over Egypt's Sinai Peninsula following an onboard explosion. ISIS has claimed responsibility for the Egypt crash. But now, Turkey seems to be in the crosshairs, if you oh will, boy. of yep. the government of, of Russia. Protesters marched in Chicago last night in reaction to the release of a graphic video showing a police officer shooting 16 rounds into, a, into 17-year-old Laquan McDonald, police superintendent Gary McCarthy. We will be intolerant of criminal behavior here in the city of Chicago. Our officers will be professional uh, in their conduct, and we expect that we're going to have community support. Superintendent McCarthy went on to say they will support people's rights to organize, to assemble, and to protest, but they must do it lawfully and not be out there to cause problems. And apparently overnight, it was peaceful. There's probably a few arrests, but you know those always yeah. come up in situations like this. Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke, 37, turned himself in Tuesday morning and was ordered held without bond on a charge of first-degree murder in the death of Laquan McDonald back in October 2014. More than four out of five Iowa Democrats think Hillary Rodham Clinton can win the general election compared with only half of who think the same of Senator Bernie Sanders. That conviction is helping to drive Mrs. Clinton's lead in Iowa in a Quinnipiac University poll released on Wednesday, which is consistent with what other recent state polls have found. While Democrats really like Mr. Sanders on issues, they are still planning to vote for Mrs. Clinton. More voters in the new survey said that Mr. Sanders could better handle the economy, voters' number one issue, and more think that he shares their values and cares about people like them. Nonetheless, they're going to vote for Hillary Clinton anyways. Hmm. (laughs) So he cares about us. He understands he can better manage the economy, but we'll vote for Hillary, because she's going to win. Right. Okay. Wow. Hmm. So Why it says, does it matter? Nonetheless, Mrs. Clinton, uh, who scored higher in overall leadership confronting terrorism and foreign policy, outpolled Mr. Sanders 51 to 42 among likely Democratic caucus the, This is all still closer than she ever thought. Absolutely. She thought she was just going to have no, no challenge whatsoever. Uh, she has to acknowledge Bernie Sanders. Yeah, when it comes which means to she has to keep caucus. playing to the left. Yes. She would have loved this to just be a cakewalk, and she could kind of. She stay wanted what centrist. President Obama had. Yeah. Last the last time around, where he had no challengers. That's right. He just sat around and let the Republicans figure no out who was going to go against him. So, um, a California man sent twenty dozen or two hundred forty coconut donuts to police officers at the University of Wisconsin Madison as payback for getting kicked out of the Badger football game last weekend. A man traveled from Los Angeles to see the Badgers play Northwestern. At Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday, he was assigned a seat in the student section away from his friends. So when he tried to join his friends, officers threw him out of the stadium. 
Come Monday, 240 coconut donuts mysteriously appeared at the police headquarters. The delivery driver gave officers the man's name, and Lovecott tracked down uh, the spokesperson for the uh, the police uh, spokesperson, uh, the police officer spokesperson, Mark Lovecott, tracked down an email address and began corresponding with this mm. man that sent them the donuts. And he says this was meant as a harmless way to both show general gratitude for the job that you do, hmm. in parentheses, which is awesome. Yeah. But slight disdain for my treatment Saturday, which was not awesome. So what what was in the donuts? The man wrote according to, <laughs> according to this email. It says donuts are awesome, but coconut donuts are not so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy the donuts that nobody wants to eat. They're donuts, but I don't like them so much. It's kind of what he did. Interesting. So. Cool. I mean, that's at least that's that's how you that's how you rebel gracefully. Yeah, you don't. Sue the, the you police department. Hurt somebody. Hurt somebody. You, you don't send poison them, them. You send them donuts that you slightly don't That's like. Right. That's right. See, good stuff. Again, those are ideas you only get here on the Matt Townsend show. We teach you how to show your disdain in a peaceful way. Powerful. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Rod Gustafson, doing a quick uh, review of the movies that are coming out this weekend. Uh, The two we're going to be looking at are The Good Dinosaur and Creed. Stick with us, folks. Interesting stuff coming up. The movies you're going to want to see and a view for uh, for how to, you know, the, the movies and how they relate to your family, your children. What should you know about the movies coming out? Stick with us. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, joining us on the phone is Rod Gustafson from ParentPreviews.com. He's a film critic specializing in reviewing movies and media from a parent's perspective. And uh, we love to have him on on Fridays or near holidays because we're all going to have a chance to go check out the movies. Rod, welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thank you. Great to be here. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Although, you know, we eat our turkey in October in Canada. That's okay. We get the pick of the lot. You guys get the leftovers. <laughs> That's right. We get all the really bad turkeys. <laughs> hey, uh, what what are you going to be doing tomorrow? Do you have any holiday up there? What are you doing in Canada? Funny, Matt is most of my interest. Most of my business is so focused on a U.S. audience. This is really my holiday week, so I'm probably just going to be doing some relaxing. Although my wife has a long list of chores to do around the ah, house. So it's perfect. not really a holiday up here. It's still <laughs> kind of business as usual, but it does get quieter That's because good. you guys are all distracted. <laughs> That's great. Hey, what movies are uh, are being released? Um, I know we're good dinosaurs out. Yes, coming out. we've got two two big ones releasing today. And of course, today is the release day because of the Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, who would have thought, Matt, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. So we've got the good dinosaur hmm. from Pixar. And we've got Creed, which is yet another movie in the Rocky franchise. I would have never thought I'd be telling you I liked Creed a little bit better than the good dinosaur. Really? Wow. Yeah, but here I am. So which one? Where should we start? Let's, let's we go start? with the good dinosaur. Okay, sure. So this, as I mentioned, is Pixar's latest film, Pixar, um, having two releases this year, Inside Out from earlier this year, which I really enjoyed. And now we've got The Good Dinosaur. But Matt, sometimes I think 
movie studios, and I can't believe this is happening at Pixar. Maybe John Lasseter's kids are getting older. I don't know. But they've missed the mark on the marketing of this movie. Parents, if you're watching the trailers and the promotional materials of The Good Dinosaur and you're thinking, oh, that's a really cute, sweet-looking little movie, and you take your five-year-old to this, you may be surprised at how much violence is in The Good Dinosaur. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's a very scary movie, especially for young children. And there are scenes, you know, every kid's movie, it seems, has, you know, you always you need a conflict. And mm-hmm. I must admit, a conflict without one, a movie's boring. But usually you have conflict followed by happy little fuzzy warm scene followed by maybe another little conflict. And then there's some time to recoup again. Yeah. The good dinosaur has a lot of scenes of conflict it's almost like a video game it's a a road trip movie where this dinosaur uh he's a little dinosaur and his father gets killed and his father was taking him out on a little journey to teach him to overcome his fears well now he's left alone basically in the wilderness and he's got to find his way back and he winds up getting this little human child as a companion But the human child, this is what's a little bizarre about the movie, too. The human child's really the dinosaur's dog. The dinosaurs in this film are the smart Hmm. um, beings that can talk and think. The the little human is basically playing a dog. So it's kind of a... Yeah, it's kind of a boy and his dog movie mixed in with a road trip. And so they need to make their way back to the dinosaur's home. But along the way, they meet all sorts of frightening creatures that eat things. And I mean, Matt, there's this one little scene where um, if something, uh, an issue happens and a little furry critter gets trapped. So they all work along with these other big kind of pterodactyl looking birds to free this little creature. And he's this cute little furry thing and they show him on the screen and the whole audience goes, oh, Aww. and the, the birds eat them alive, like clump. And I, I could hear the kids just gasp in the audience. So, wow. Yeah, and yeah. Is it, is it uh, I mean, I know sometimes they make this into kind of a, a movement movie where they're talking about, uh, you know, taking care of the world and, um, you know, is this is this a movie that has like a, Kind of a, I don't know what you even call it, but a the environmental type, yeah, of an environmental well, angle. Yeah, no, not at all. Okay, no, great. They, don't, they really, yeah, they really don't go there at all. Basically, what the film is, it's a boy and his dog. It's a road trip movie, and it's also a western because I know this is so hard to get your head around, but it really takes place in the old west. The little dinosaurs family are farmers, and and. Mm. And they and he winds up when this dinosaur goes out on this journey, he winds up meeting some uh, Tyrannosaurus rexes that, again, a very scary scene. You're wondering, we've seen so many other things get eaten. You're wondering if they're going to eat him. Yeah. It turns out they're rustling cattle. They call them longhorns. They're kind of like bison with big horns. And they're and they want this little dinosaur to go out there and help them get rid of some poachers. Another really scary scene. So, but that's really what it takes place. It kind of takes place in the old west and in a prehistoric way. It's it's very creative. I can see the yeah. minds of are working overtime on this one. But just parents, a heads up. Um, my concern for this movie is. The little kids are going to be too scared. I think it's going to look too childish to attract the teens into the theater. Mm. So I don't know. This one may be the first one. I think it's going to have an amazing opening weekend because it's Pixar. But once all these moms get on social networking, I'm wondering what's going to happen. Interesting. So what grade did you give it? 
Oh, a B minus, which means we're just barely recommending this one. Again, very unusual for us with Pixar, but yeah. you know, parents, just a heads up on what to expect with this. There's no sexual content. There's some name calling. That's really it for as far as language <laughs> issues, but, but violence and you know, you can't hit them all. <laughs> you can't. I guess and, Pixar and can't do it later. all. Yeah, and especially with the pressure Disney is putting on Pixar to release basically a movie a year now, along with some other uh, secondary material, uh, you know, they're they're hitting the conveyor belt a little bit mm. more. And then Creed, the other movie, this is the Rocky reincarnation kind of movie, right? Yes, and like I say, what a surprise. You know, I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go, yet another Rocky movie. Sylvester Stallone hits one out of the park with his performance really? in this film. I was surprised. And he's a, a trainer movie. in this one, isn't he? It's a trainer. And, you know, it, it's not like the story is all that creative, but this guy shows up in his cafe late one night while he's closing. And the cafe, of course, um, Rocky's wife died. I can't remember in which movie. Adrian, she's gone. So he's now running this cafe named after her. This guy shows up one night and he starts talking to Rocky. And it turns out he knows all these secrets about Rocky's past. And Rocky can't figure out, well, how do you know all that? <laughs> and the guy tells him, he says, well, I'm Apollo's Creed's son. And it turns out he really wants Rocky to train him. Well, of course, Rocky doesn't want to do that, but gets talked into it. But along the way, Rocky discovers a few things about himself that he's facing as well as he enters into the later years of his life. So this really is a, a really good mm. movie about overcoming obstacles. It's got some great messages. Stallone does a fabulous performance. But we do have some content concerns. First of all, the boxing scenes are amazingly choreographed, but you do see a lot of blood effects. They look very real. And uh, there is a totally unnecessary sexual scene and a secondary love interest with this young guy that didn't need to have that in there. You are going to hear that there's not many profanities, but you do have our usual sexual expletive in here as well. So that's what you've got for content in here. But a really finely put together movie. I was impressed. I That's didn't know great. Stallone had this in him. Well, and yeah, and I guess in a way, it's it's kind of nice to have him not pretending to be the you know the boxer or the yeah. the hard guy. Good move. I mean, he does get into the ring a little bit to spar with this guy, but never are we seeing him you know doing the boxing thing uh, in a competitive sense mm. and. He just falls into he falls into this performance like when you find that old pair of shoes or that old yeah. sweater that you couldn't that you've been you know missing for a while uh. and just does a marvelous job. What and again you what uh, ranking or grading did you give this? A B grade on Creed. Now this one you know and and this is what we try and do at parent previews. If a movie really is intended for little kids, I must admit, Matt, we're a little harder on it, which is why The Good Dinosaur is a B minus. Right. Um, but in this case, this film, obviously not for little kids. It's rated PG-13, but I think this could be a good father-son movie. Uh, right. It's got it's got some good things there, except, as I say, we've got that sexual scene. So yeah. you may want to wait for it on home video where you have the mighty fast forward. <laughs> and, and jump right over that. And also, go to Parent Previews because there's great discussions that you guys post about questions you can ask to further the dialogue and, and to have some great connection with your kids. Yes, thank you so much. Please come visit. We're always open 24-7. Rod, well, we appreciate you. Have a great non-holiday season up there, non-Thanksgiving uh, moment, and go get all your honeydews done, lists done on your, on your wonderful wife's honeydew list. And you enjoy that marvelous dinner. I wish I could drop by and get the leftovers. Yeah, we'll send you some in the mail. Thank you. Thanks, Rod. Rod Gustafson again from parentpreviews.com. 
uh, a great resource for all of uh, parents out there, anybody that wants to know kind of the behind the scenes, what to watch out for in the movies. Uh, it's just a, a super uh, powerful resource. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking more Thanksgiving tips, myths, things we need to blow up before Turkey Day. Also, uh, be getting you ready for the good guys down at BYU Sports Nation. Find out what's coming up on their show at the top of the hour. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Tomorrow's Turkey Day, folks, and uh, we're we're about to blow up your mind with some late-breaking news, which shouldn't be it shouldn't be surprising. But I think it's a media conspiracy to keep the information about yams on the down low. Right? Are you with me? Yams aren't what you think they are. No. So you asked a bunch of people yesterday, have you ever had a yam? And everyone answered yes. And I said, no, you probably ate a sweet potato. Yeah. And then like, no, it was a yam. Like, no, no, the can or whatever said yam. It said yam on the, you know, said yam. You the grocery store. It said store. yam. No, it was a sweet potato. Now, and you're very adamant about this. Now, on our Twitter feed, I posted a video okay. that explains in two minutes- why this is the case. Why you're so, probably eating a sweet potato, not a yam. So you're saying no, very few people in the United States will be eating yams, but they'll, a lot of them will think they are. Yes, because that's what people call them. It's a conspiracy. It's the media. No. It's the government. Let me, let me, let me, let me shed some light on this. Okay. For hundreds, hundreds of years, sweet potatoes across the United States have been masquerading as yams. Hmm. The truth is most Americans have probably never eaten a real yam. The reason yams and sweet potatoes taste the same to Americans is because they are basically the same. They're tubers. They're, they have sort of a, a similar texture, a, a potato yeah. tuber type of thing. Uh, what, what producers and grocers – in the United States, among calling yams, are actually sweet potatoes. This confusion isn't new. In an 1896 book, a professor of horticulture at Texas A&M urged Americans to stop using the word yam to label sweet potato varieties. It's mm. in the video. They show the book. They show you the reference. Quit you can using see. yams. So this isn't a new thing. This okay. has been going on for quite a while. Real yams are not grown commercially in the United States. A large number of the yams that are sold in the world are from Africa. Africa and yams. you can buy them at international grocery stores, specialty grocery stores. You can't go down to your 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 common Kroger yeah. or something like right. that and buy a yam. They sell sweet potatoes. Yeah, right. So they may label them it, yams. See, but that's the problem. That we need that we ought to have a revolt. It doesn't really matter, but I'm going to make it a, a thing tomorrow. At okay, I'm going to be that guy. This is a great conversation you yes. can bring up again. We try. We're trying to help you build bridges. So the video is posted to our, yeah. our show Twitter account, Dr. Matt Show. You can watch that there. Also, Black Friday. It is a cultural phenomenon in this country. Sure. Because we talk about it. I don't think a lot of people actually participate in it because no. it can be dangerous. Yeah, people die. I think we want to see the videos of the doors opening and yeah. the mad rush and the chaos. Right. But then stores have figured out ways to kind of yeah. mediate that so that you're not having the chaos. But uh, this here, uh, a website, I forgot the name of it. It's in here. 
Ugh. It's a real estate, Estately, Estately.com. They put yeah. out some really strange, funny kind of uh, posts about dealing with real estate. And they look at the data they have, uh, some FBI crime reports of where uh, people are uh, frequency of aggravated assaults, which states have the highest level of frequency of aggravated assaults combined with enthusiasm for abandoning one's family to participate in the premature shopping known as Black Friday as gauged by posts on Facebook. Hmm. They can get some Facebook data to show which states are excited about Black Friday yeah, on Facebook which are more negative. And, which, and which states have the frequency of aggravated assaults. And they combine <laughs> those and they found out which states you're more likely to get assaulted during a Black Friday. Okay, let's sale. go there. So what are the states where you're most the likely to be assaulted? Arkansas, Tennessee, <laughs> Alabama, Louisiana, Missouri, West Virginia, Oklahoma, wow. Indiana, Kansas, and South Carolina. We've pretty much cornered the South. <laughs> now, this isn't scientific, but you take those two data yeah. sets, combine them, and this is the information you get. So this is like – it's like meteorology. You're not sure exactly where the storm will hit, but when you have a, a front and a high pressure and a low pressure – yes. You're going to have trouble. There's some elements that lead us to believe that possibly this could happen. Now, and I don't want to dissuade people from going to you know their demise uh, on Black Friday. But if you live in the South, I would probably do a lot of shopping online. Possibly, yes. You if you I mean? want to avoid death, problems. carnage. So the frequency of, aggrava- of aggravated assaults <laughs> versus uh, enthusiasm on Facebook. right. So they're comes very, down to so basically they're very enthusiastic in those areas, out. and there's more assault likely. Yes. So bada boom, bada bing, that's the high front, the low pressure. So it says, according to Facebook user data, fewer than 2% of users express any interest in Black Friday sales in California and Hawaii, while over 10% of users in West Virginia and Kentucky, and Kentucky wow. are excited. This is interesting. So let's test this theory, and on Monday – we will evaluate the news and find out where there was a, a Black Sunday brawl or Blacks. What do they call it? Black Friday. Black Friday brawl. And we would wager if we were wagering people, which we're not. As people are fighting over like beanbag chairs. Right. Yeah. That's my beanbag chair. <laughs> That's my TV. So then all of a sudden uh, we're going to see if it really did if the tornadoes landed in the south. The other side is the places where people frequently go for these sales. Electronic stores. Yeah. That's the one thing people go nuts over right. on Black Friday. Other than that, uh-huh. if they don't sell electronics, the store's probably not going to be that busy. And again, so if you don't want to be struck by lightning, don't go stand in a field yeah. with a really tall pole. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to be struck by Black Friday Assaults. storms, yeah. then don't go to an electronics store. In Arkansas. Or a big box store. Or West in, Virginia. In the South, basically. Yeah. That's what it seems like, yeah. We don't, again, we want there to be, you know, commerce. These are really general numbers. Well, but again. But there are trends. But, and we would call it, uh, it's now at a level orange. Level orange. It's that dangerous. Again, again, you only hear this information on the Matt Townsend Show. And Other again, shows don't care if you You can die. take this information to Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. and make it less awkward. With some interesting facts. Bridge the awkwardness. See, we care if you die because we're going to analyze the data to prove our point. That's exactly right. Then we're going to start having warnings out for all types of commerce. It's cool.
There you go. I like it. Well done. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll be visiting our good buddies down at BYU Sports Nation. Find out what's coming up at the top of the hour. Stick with us, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Is that like the Vienna Boys Choir? That's amazing. That's good stuff. We're going to shoot it down to our good buddies at BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hello, gentlemen. What's going on, Matt? How are you? Really good. I've missed tomorrow. Everyone's excited. Is everybody? Is everyone going to have a holiday feast, or do you guys have to work? What's going on? We uh, we recorded a best of. And so oh, we did will you? luckily be able to have the holiday off, but uh, we acted like we were live. Well, that so doesn't seem those, right. Those listening to this, I think you guys should scoop. Yeah, see, yeah, we like to do behind the scenes. That, yeah, that's listen. If you want to know the real stuff with BYU Sports Nation, you mm-hmm. listen to the Matt Townsend show. Exactly. We'll Holy did you record cow. the best of for Thanksgiving, Matt? Uh, we got a little lazy on that one. We just uh, we just went and dug well, one you out. Throw of, your producer under the bus by saying we. Well, we uh, he <laughs> he got a little lazy, on us. and um, we just decided what the way we look at it that every show that we do is a best of. That's true. You see, and so we it's just the high caliber, you know, of the program so we throw together. It's going to air from seven to ten Mountain Time tomorrow morning. Uh, you know what? Honestly, that's the neat secret that they've kept from me because they don't What's like Sheila me. Going to do? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's a surprise. We're going to play a little Matt Townsend roulette. I'm looking up your schedule right now on BYUradio.org. What goes into Matt Townsend roulette? You've intrigued me. It's one bullet, and you just spin the Made barrel. Peanut butter. And, yeah, yeah, and you stuff the barrel with peanut butter. Um, you know what? Roulette is It's just where we just – I have no idea until they pull the trigger. Okay. Tomorrow it says the Matt Townsend show is airing. Yeah. From 7 oh, to 10. Oh, we, we've got great stuff. Uh, we'll have Dr. Craig Malkin on. That's what it says. Liz Redford. Discussing narcissism. Uh, okay, that's good. I didn't know that. Well, are you replaying today's show? No, but you know what? Now that we've finished it, we should because we nailed today. <laughs> Picking the next president, dealing with rejection, and U.S. polarization. Ooh, really? That sound like today's show? No, that's not today's show. Oh. That's Terry. See, Terry's really into politics. Today, by the way, guess what show we did today? On This is our Thanksgiving show. We talked about uh, Water on Mars. Uh huh. And then the uh-huh. Peanuts movie. Wait, Water on Mars? Uh huh. Was Matt Damon your guest? The Martian? Yes. The Martian. We we interesting. Our our astrophysicist had never seen the show The Martian, but he he's it's entertaining man. I, but I loved it. It, it was a great book. show. Today was a great show because we learned about stuff that you could bring up at the dinner table. You know, for Thanksgiving to impress <laughs> your friends and your neighbors. In fact, let me give you one. Do you guys know what? The, the, what the pilgrims actually ate on Thanksgiving? It wasn't turkey. No. What was it? It Also, by the way, they didn't have corn on the cob. They didn't have apples, pears, potatoes, or cranberries. We don't, know, we don't know if they had turkey, but they, they were used to eating turkey. But it is fairly likely that they had deer for okay. the first Thanksgiving dinner. All right. And could you, can you just see the kids fighting for those... Deer, deer legs, <laughs> deer wings, <laughs> yummy. And the then antlers just gnawing on antlers. Mom, 
Can I stuff the deer this year? Yes, Stacy. Have you ever stuffed a deer, guys? No. no uh, I've missed that opportunity. Yeah. Can I give you some advice? Don't do it. Make How sure graphic is it? Make sure it's dead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I thought they smelled bad <laughs> on the outside. I'm not a deer hunter, but it's what's really the, hard to cook what's venison. What's the movie where the, where the deer comes alive in the Tommy back of the car? Boy. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Boy. Tommy <laughs> Boy. Isn't that the greatest scene ever? <laughs> There are a lot of greatest scenes ever in that movie. That was incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, so deer is was probably you know more likely. They also didn't have forks back then, so it was probably pretty messy. You know, it's probably like the kid table. Well, I'm sure they fashioned something. They used to get me a twig, boy. Get me a twig. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Pil- something with a prong. Pilgrims did not dress in black. I'm going to blow up another myth for you. They did not wear those funny buckles, weird shoes, or black steeple hats. Where did that all come from? Those were, those, those, were, those were the extremist pilgrims, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The jihadist the, pilgrims. They were the, the crazy ones. Um, all of that came from just a really flashy dresser. Most of them probably just wore a T-shirt and some jeans. I'm adding that part because I don't yeah, know, I know what they wore. What what happens is some some famous painting or you know artist rendition or whatever of a situation happens and then people assume oh that's what they wore that's right, right? that's right so you're just basing it all off the research of an individual and then that affects a lot of people like Look, in LDS culture Arnold Freeberg did a bunch of paintings right um, a while back so everyone assumes that the people that lived right in the Book of Mormon times wore these like metal bracelets and they were really muscly and yeah, ripped they were way muscular yeah. There's this assumption, right? Like, yeah. You think that that's the default. That's, that's, right. that's not the case. And I, I always we felt know. weird we about that because, I mean, I'm ripped. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just With not ripped that fasci- way. Fasciitis. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah, I've got one leg that's really strong and one leg that's really weak. Uh, not ripped. Hey, I um, you never thought you'd have something in common with Peyton Manning. You know what? Right no, now. we are. That's the thing. I, and I was talking about it earlier. Tomorrow I'm going to be playing a pickup football game, and it's the first Ooh, time. Turkey it's, bowl. It's the first time I'm I'm whole. I'm healthy. So... You know, plant. You know, plantar. Sure, it can bring down a, a, a top-notch athlete like myself, but it also brought Peyton down. Yes, you and know? one of the greatest tight ends in the game, Antonio Gates. See, exactly. The plantar, it's it'll kill you. It's a silent killer. <laughs> it'll, it'll get you. It's it's not carbon monoxide. No, it's plantar not. fasciitis. But you know, it'll sneak up on you. It'll, the next thing you know, you. pop, oh your goodness. Achilles is gone. Anyway, I don't want to get too technical. Hey, um, are you guys still doing your show today? Yes, we are. First of all, happy Thanksgiving tomorrow, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And bless your family and little Joan Jett. But before Thanksgiving, we have some serious work to do here on BYU Sports Nation. What? Like figuring out which bowl game BYU would be better off Mm. attending this year. Yes, okay. Everybody thinks that, without a doubt, it's the Las Vegas Bowl. Right. Because it's closer and it's more money. And people like to gamble. But but there are some intriguing things about the Hawaii Bowl. In fact, BYU may have a more quality opponent in the Hawaii Bowl. Dun, dun, dun. Excellent. So we will discuss that. We also have a Super Bowl champion, Dennis Pitta, on the show. Wow, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Aspiring BYU Sports Nation co-host. He wants my spot. Does he? Yeah. Don't let him take it. Do Is he not come back from a second season ending hip injury Ooh. and play football again. My yeah. hips work just fine. <laughs> 
Don't let him see your hips, dude. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he'll, Can you he'll, don't lie. He'll take your hips. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Utah State head coach Matt Wells on the program to preview Saturday's game Holy with the Cougars. Cow. He's going to be his starting quarterback. He's dealing with injuries for his signal caller. So all of that jam-packed into a show. And Jeremy will have more gobble-gobble. Oh, you guys. Holler. <laughs> Locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. That always. is that's a good show. That is, you know what? I'm gonna go listen to it again. I always do. I really do. I mean, I tend to. <laughs> I, I mean, I have. When I, when I, when I listen, the spectrum I do. of responses just you went through there was awesome. Every time I'm listening, I, really I am listening. Well, no, I sometimes do. I usually go in there, but sometimes I have to, you know, sometimes I have to do other work. Right, guaranteed to probably do it. <laughs> it's a great show, and then tomorrow's the best of, which you know, you guys have just rocked. Steve no. Young, Dave Rose, <sighs> Broncos, Mendenhalls, and <laughs> Chase Fisher. Yep, that is good stuff. Dynamite Holy show. Cow. Okay, okay, you did it again. You've made my you've made my uh, Turkey Eve day, and you've made my Thanksgiving day. That was pretty good. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> Every time I hear a turkey do that or someone do that, yeah. I think about one of my former bosses. When she would laugh, she sounded like Did, she really? <laughs> did you like start to prepare no. your musket <laughs> for the shooting? It is, it yeah, is, did she sound like the blue it's not like that far off. Blue goggles underwater voice. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Was she married? That's that's pretty is she hard single? to find. Yes, she was. Oh, okay. She was. Wow. Mm. Okay. Socially, that's pretty hard to get. Can you do that one more time for us, just on the way out? (laughs) Oh, that one sounded sick. (laughs) That's hot. That wasn't as strong as the earlier ones. No, the first one was the best. Go back and pull that off. We will. We'll pull that. We actually need that for the show today. We will send that down. Yeah, we'll send that down. We really will. We'll send it down. In a wave format. In a wave format. uh, Dot wave. I F F. Okay. Yeah, we'll get right on that. Uh, Ben's on it right now. Guys, have a great show, and happy happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. Knock him dead. Cool. Man, they do great turkeys. I'll get you killed, though, some places. You don't mess around with sounds like that. Like in the South? I mean, I, some people don't know, but I'm a hunter. I On Deer Hunter 2016, uh, I'm a big hunter, and uh, turkey's an easy it's – it's an easy game for some of us. I mean, some struggle getting their bird. Why are you laughing, Ben? By the way, Ben made some incredible uh, – Ice cream. He is an ice cream chef. Um, he got some vanilla ice cream and he put some chocolate sauce on it and some nuts. It was like Kroger vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it was really good. You now you made some really awesome ice cream that had uh, it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember peppermint and lemon with lemon zest in it. Correct. And it's interesting because uh, it's very. It has a very strong earthy taste. I dropped it. Okay. So, <laughs> Is that why? There's Because there was some earthy in it. Yeah. And so that's why it's a little. But you're going to keep bringing us some flavors so that we can test all of your great creations, right? Oh, of course. Like my Kroger vanilla chocolate sundae. No, this is even better. This You make some good stuff. So just keep them coming and I'll, you know, I'll tell you which ones I like. I'm here for you that way. It's because hey, I care about you. Ever since I was found in, in the feeding trough, you've yeah. you've been helping me out. Again, we found Ben. Uh, Don and I were on a walk through a petting zoo. Just it was a retreat. It was a, it was a company retreat, and we looked down in the trough, and there was cute little Ben. 
just playing with a a goat. It was awesome. We found him. We brought him home. Cute as can be. By the way, today is uh, Shopping Reminder Day to get you remembering that. Also, crazy story um, about a vast spider web. Did you hear this? Stretching nearly half a mile. A spider web, half a mile long. Blanketed grass last last week near several residential houses in Memphis, Tennessee. Local residents in the area said it looked like a scene from a horror movie. Filled with thousands of spiders. When I got up this morning, it was like spiders all on my door. They were coming in my house, said the local resident. Francis Ward, residents on May Street, said they are worried that the spiders could be dangerous. And they urged the city authorities to help get rid of them, the media said. Local resident Deborah Ward said you can't even sit in her house because they're all on the wall and the door. We've been killing spiders. Killing spiders for about an hour now. Holy cow. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Okay, get rid of... Oh, they ate the dog. Put the dog away. Gladys, put the dog away. (laughs) Okay, here we go. We're going to wrap up the show as we always do with our hero story. This is going to blow your mind. Our hero this this day is Doo-Doo the Clown, also known as Shane Farberman. He's a famous Canadian clown, and he saves two women from a violent alleyway attacker. Shane Faberman noticed a shirtless man jumping over cars and pushing pedestrians, so he decided to investigate in his Hummer. Uh, oh, sorry, Farberman said he saw a man violently confronting two women in the alleyway and was able to pull him into his car and drive them to safety. The women were shocked to discover the 14 other clowns packed into Farberman's Hummer. That's a joke. After Farberman had rescued the women and called 911, the man tried to break into his car, knocking off one of the side view mirrors. When police arrived, the man had to be restrained by eight officers before being taken into custody. Farberman is a husband and a father and is glad the worst part of his mirror was his mirror breaking. And yes, Farberman rescued the women while in costume. Shockingly, being grabbed by a clown in the alleyway didn't make the situation any worse. Farberman says he didn't even think about being in a costume because he wears it so much. The attacker was identified as 25-year-old Wee Goo, and uh, it's believed that he was under the influence of illegal drugs when he attacked the women. He's charged with two counts of assault and one count of mischief. Folks, when a clown comes to your rescue and throws you in a Hummer, just be grateful you live in America. You could have been killed anywhere else. Anyway, that's the hero story of the day. All of us can be heroes. Go take care of your family. Uh, Go be with them. Go talk. Go lift the conversation. You don't have to be a downer. You can actually make it very worthwhile. That's the show. Until Monday, take care of each other. Make it a great one. And we'll be back Monday with more ideas to help you live longer, love stronger. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Talk to you again Monday. Be good.